Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. It is the 29th of September, 2015. How very exciting. Oh, I didn't unmute Dodger. That's a shame. That's a real shame. That's such a shame that that would happen. Man. You're starting out so well. This is great, yeah, guys. It's, it's almost as if I did that on purpose because I knew she'd try something. I was going to turn off my camera as a goof, and then I realized once I turned it on, we would never get me back, so it's not worth it. And <laughs> it's you, not worth it. You break my overlay? Like, you do many, many things that I would not like at all. That's beyond a goof. That's screwing with my production. I'm not okay with <laughs> that's, that. That's an affront. That's madam. malicious. Yes, indeed. It's an <laughs> insult to character. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. That, that's just, just terrible. Just a terrible idea. I'm glad you didn't do that. Glad you didn't take did. out your rage. I, I'm sorry. I read. I watched your video about that damn valet. And... Oh my god! <laughs> right, the worst person. I was like, you can't do this at an emergency room. Anybody who would like to hear a great story about the worst <laughs> valet to ever be a valet, go to YouTube.com/slash/dexteritybonus. Watch the most recent video and watch me literally strangle my water bottle because I'm so angry. <laughs> Ooh, it's amazing. It's incredible. A lot of feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're angry about that. I'm still angry. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> still, when I think about him, I'm still like. <sighs> That's why I believe that you would inflict your anger upon others. So right. I was just taking preventative measures there. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. And we also occasionally talk about our great sponsor, Crunchyroll.com slash Total Biscuit, which is bringing you the episode today. Dodger, I think I offended you. In that regard, Man. because I admitted to watching the live-action Death Note series. I've just okay. I'll be honest. I haven't tried it, but I've heard it is it is like like garbage, actual garbage. And <laughs> I didn't think so. And you apparently enjoyed it, so pitch it to me. I okay. I will try because you <laughs> hold a very similar point of view to my wife, who kept telling me, "Why are you watching this? Why are you watching this?" For but the she, whole duration but of the thing. She at least was seeing like bits and pieces of it over your shoulder. I assume. Well, I mean, I think she saw the CG on the two Shinigami, and I think that might have been mm-hmm. what did it for it. It it isn't great. I will admit. Okay. Right? I'm. I think maybe I'm okay with that because it's about the same quality as most British television, which is also bad. So. Uh-huh. I'm fine with the lower production it's, values. It's the sort the of Doctor Who of J dramas. It actually is. It, it really, <laughs> really does seem to be just that. I I watched it mainly because I was interested to see how they would deviate from the plot of the anime. I haven't read the manga, and because I don't read manga, but I watched the anime. I enjoyed the anime, and I thought, mm-hmm. hey, maybe maybe the live action series will be okay. The ending's different, which was a bit confusing to me. Not exactly oh. sure why that is, and the way that. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, obviously, so I can really have to talk in the broadest possible terms, but there are a couple of major plot points that are done and delivered differently. Let me put it that way. Gotcha. So I found it interesting enough to watch that. All right. Oh, did you finish? Oh, did you guys finish Food Wars? Uh, yes. Ah, I want more so bad. <laughs> curry is a wonderful thing. So curry says that is series. So great. Yep. Four episodes of nothing but making curry. Can't really yeah, complain. and I was totally into it the whole time. Yeah. I was like, "More, more curry." <laughs> what is what is Food Wars? Food Dodger, Wars is an it. anime. Um, it's, it's chat, an well, anime. by the way, chat room chat room told me I was supposed to talk now, so I'm talking. By all means. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Veronica, to to Weeb Talk. So, uh, <laughs> Food Wars is this anime that's it's 
mostly been pitched to people as it's about food that's so good that people's clothes fly off, which is like kind of an extreme way to put it. But it's a show. It's a show about food. Um, and I, I know the guy who made it used to make hentai. Yeah. So he does a lot of stuff where like people will try food and the way that the way that they express to you how great the food is, is sometimes they're just like, oh, my God, it's like so amazing. It's like and their clothes just fly off and stuff. But overall, it that's, winds that's up not normal. That's not. Is that it's, abnormal? It's so. I mean, maybe I'm just bad at cooking. So maybe, maybe that just doesn't happen on a regular basis. But I do think it's a little unusual. <laughs> But it's like it's so hard to convince people that the longer you watch it, there's great character development. Like the story gets really good. The the food science is really interesting, and the oh, animation there's actual, gorgeous. There's actual like food science in yeah. Yes, the show. A we'll talk a lot actually. about so it's it. Like, yeah, it's like anime Alton Brown. Kind of. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. they, they go into huge that. long expositional segments while judging the food or eating the food as to why it's as good as it is. The term umami comes up over and over and over again. And they explain like food origins and things like this is a cooking method that is from provincial France and all that sort of thing. And it's always amusing to hear the Japanese pronunciations of obviously foreign food names. Uh, It'll be just a a string of Japanese in the middle of mashed potato and then something (laughs) else along those lines. And for some reason, I just find that amusing. Yeah, I love it. That's actually one of my favorite things about hearing japanese on on like in film or television or in in anime and whatever because there are there are words that don't just don't translate and mm-hmm. so they just do the the americanized word and it's like oh yeah. i know that one i got it yeah, i got, got it. I, I know what you're talking about now <laughs> i heard that i'm on to you uh, <laughs> yeah i mean the best way to describe the anime is it's kind of it's a battle anime but with food yeah the it's great the this guy who worked in a diner basically for the longest time ends up going to the most competitive cooking school in japan which is obviously non-existent and ridiculous in many ways, because apparently has infinite money and owns half the country, which of course yeah. nobody knows about. But whatever, you get past that, and it's about him being competitive within an environment of the best sort of upcoming chefs ever that all have weird characteristics, and they settle disputes through food wars, basically through a cooking one contest. Does. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's all done in a very flashy way. And there's obvious over-exaggeration and the sort of thing that you would see in a sort of weird... It's like Dragon Ball Z versus MasterChef, I guess. Oh, that does sound right up my alley. Because I don't know I don't know a lot about manga, actually. So that this might be a good, like, introduction into that world. Maybe. The first episode, you're going to be like, the fuck am I watching? That is exactly how <laughs> I felt the going. first time. Because I, I don't like the fan servicey <laughs> stuff and the, the sort of thing that anime often does. I find it kind of cringy. And I watched the first couple of episodes based on Dodger pestering me repeatedly to watch it. Like, oh, God, I hate this. As you sort of start to get past that, it becomes a lot more interesting. And there's a bit less of that. It still pops up every once in a while. But the way that I I like that they're almost doing it as parody, which I like a lot. Mm -hmm. It's like it's so Mm -hmm. over the top that they're obviously doing it to poke fun at the trope, which I can dig. So Mm -hmm. it's actually a pretty good series. Interesting. So try it out on crunchyroll.com slash total biscuit for yes, your free 30-day trial of the premium service. Yes, get get your free trial on crunchyroll.com slash total biscuit. Our arbitrary sponsorship endorsement section is now over. I welcome our special guest to the podcast, Ms. Veronica Belmont. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
You have done a lot when it comes to podcasting. The entire first section of the show may in fact be dominated by going through your resume. So why don't you talk to us a <laughs> yeah. little bit about what you currently do, your history in this particular medium and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so I figured out that I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying this because I, I just don't know, but I, I think I may be one of the longest continuing continual podcasters that are still so. doing shows. I've been doing, I've been producing and, and co-hosting shows since 2005, nonstop. Um, so yeah, I started in, in the tech podcasting space doing like technology, Buzz Out Loud podcast, uh, MP3 Insider, Crave, things like that. And then I did start doing web video shows like Mahalo Daily. Um, I host a show called Sword and Laser. It's a sci-fi fantasy podcast and book club that we've been doing since 2007. Um, and I do Vaginal Fantasy with Felicia Day, Bonnie Burton, Kyla Caseby. It's a romance book club show. And I uh, right love Vaginal Fantasy, can I say? <laughs> yeah, doing thank you. <laughs> we have a lot of fun on that show. And then um, I also do Dear Veronica for an Engadget, which is a, a weekly advice show about technology, social media, etiquette, that kind of stuff. That is a awesome. lot of too stuff. Much. Too much work. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. And then I do other like TV gigs and, and things like that. Um, video gaming stuff. Pretty much anything that I think is cool. I try to dig my little grubby fingers into. <laughs> you said this will be the longest podcast you've ever been on though, right? I think this is the probably the longest. If, if we really do go three hours, uh, we I, do. I, well, I don't oh, know. We go, three, we go three hours. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've done a longer show than that. I'm. I'm trying to think like if I did any like marathon shows. But even even if I did, my part in that was only like an hour long. You know, to fill up right. time. Like we did it with the with the the tested guys did their annual like marathon show, and I, I've done that for a few years. But yeah. I three hours is a long time. I'm not sure how you guys manage it. Breaks, I'm, catheters. Break, breaks help. Lots of, uh, breaks lots help. Of friendship. Great lots bladder of, control. Lots of just goof, goofs on games. Built Goofing off for three hours. <laughs> it's really my fault because I started podcasting back in 2005 as well, but we had more of an emphasis on the live shoutcast element. And podcasting yeah. was something that sort of came later to that when we realized, oh yeah, we actually want more than 500 people at once to listen to our show because our server can only handle 500 concurrent <laughs> for, for this terrible audio thing. And I initially started DJing music, and the guy who owned the sort of little radio station organization at the time said, do you want to do a, a talk show? I'm like, well, I've never really done a talk show. It's like, well, we want it to be about World of Warcraft. I'm like, okay. Uh, how long do you want it to be? Well, like, could you fill a two-hour slot, like, on my own? I don't know. So I tried it, and apparently I could, and then I did that for like six years. So I'm kind of addicted now to long-form content, I think. So my apologies for that. No, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I, I have all my, my drinks. I've got like some Soylent in case I get really hungry in the middle of the, the show. Yeah. Um, so I, I, feel, I feel prepared, yeah. Men? <laughs> yep. I have the remains of a box of Colombian snacks that were sent to me through this service that we get a, a monthly box of stuff from called a box uh, of Colombian snacks. Yeah, called Universal. Is... It's called Universal <laughs> Yum. Drugs. Yeah, nope. buddy. You see, we, I tried to make this I joke, and I and the YouTube comments were like, actually, I live in Colombia, and your stereotype is outdated. We haven't had drug cartels for like twenty years. Wait, oh, I feel bad. They're now. like, talk um, to Mexico, and we're like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Oh. I actually had no idea we had so many Colombian viewers, but I'll tell you this. Colombia knows how to make snacks. Oh my god, they are great. Yeah. I mean, there's this packet of crisps right here, which mm -hmm. this is. These are chicken crisps, and they are fantastic. 
pa- papitas fritas i believe they're called I, my pronunciation mm-hmm. is terrible i apologize but they're great like almost everything in that box was incredibly good wait oh, so wait, crisps and what else is in there uh mostly kind of uh, biscuits and chocolate and candies and all that sort of thing they have these uh coffee uh chewable toffee things Ooh. from colombia which obviously you know that colombian coffee great taste fantastic they had this sort of crystallized coconut that was like a sort of hard toffee chew but was made of sort of sugar and coconut which tasted incredible they have uh, sweet papaya chips and things so wait like what is that. this you, you subscribe to it it's like nature yep. box or something yeah it's kind of like nature box it's called uh, universal yums and they send a, a box Aww. to you every month with uh, a different country theme oh that does, that's awesome i had oh, uh so fun. back in back a long time ago i forgot to mention i used to do a show for her playstation network called core it was mm-hmm. like a monthly like magazine too show on on much. psn You're doing too much Comment that now. was old that's done that was before i'm not doing that anymore um and <laughs> We had we did an episode on on Japan where we went to Japan a lot because Sony and um, one of our in one of our episodes we did a whole food episode and we went to Osaka and just like basically ate our way through the city it was amazing mm-hmm. and um, these two these two these viewers who were watching emailed me like like six months ago and I had been off that show for like five years or something at this point and uh, they were like we saw your episode on on Japan and. We were so entranced by by Osaka that when my husband had the opportunity to pick whether he wanted to be stationed in Hawaii or Japan, he chose Japan, and we live there now. And then they sent me this huge box of Japanese candies and snacks. Aww. And it was amazing. And it was all like different flavored Kit Kat bars that you can't get here in the States, um, like matcha green tea and and like weird strawberry flavors. There's the wasabi and, one. that I Yeah, there is that, a wasabi. <laughs> that was an unpleasant experience for all concerned. <laughs> Not okay with that. Uh, there was some great stuff in there. I love uh, Japanese candy is like one of my favorite things in the world. But I'm, I'm glad I don't subscribe to a box of it because I would just eat it constantly. It would be here on my desk, like tempting me all the time. Yeah. For some reason, we have people that will watch me try everything on camera. And I don't know why they keep watching those videos. You could be, yeah, like Greg does all the Oreo videos. You could be like, do that for your international box pretty much that's kind of what we do and for some reason people keep watching it and that always makes me feel bad it's like yesterday i spent all day working on a video that i call um thematic mechanical abstraction featuring john (laughs) cena and i Uh thought i thought it was a great video but of course more people are probably going to watch me eat that stupid columbia box than actually (laughs) listen to what i said about that like the internet um it doesn't reward my passions the internet In the is interest of upsetting a bunch of people from some country. Which box have you disliked the most? Israel. 100% really? Israel. Uh, what was Time. in there? They're all, almost everything they do has nuts in it. And they had something called a halva, I believe, or halva. Uh-huh. And I bit into it and it tasted like a block of sand. Oh. What was it made of? I actually have no idea. I'm going to now Google Halva and find out what Halva is made out of. You heard oh. it here first, folks. TB, not a fan of Israel. <laughs> I want that don't, on the internet. Don't you start causing me trouble. I got into enough you trouble said it. today. You said it. I'm going to Kotaku. You said it. Total Biscuit, not a fan of Israel. Get it on the internet. Hashtag. I'm looking at the ingredients for Halva now. It, uh-huh. It's a very apparently a very generic term. It covers a wide variety of certain kinds of desserts but i think the one that i had was the 
it, there's flour based halva and nut butter based halva. Okay. And they use sesame paste and sunflower seed butter. Okay, that, that sounds, sounds good. That sounds I good. It. I There's a bunch of people in chat like, nah, good halva is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I evidently yeah, had a, a poor box is bad. halva. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe the kind you get shipped in a box that probably sat in a warehouse for months is bad. <laughs> not the best. Weird. Not the best experience. Yeah, it's not the best kind. I think it was mostly made of sesame, and I've not really been the world's biggest fan of sesame. So that's probably why, sesame. I imagine. Yeah. So that, that was a disaster. Wasn't a fan of the Israel box at all. I'm sorry, Israel. I actually really like those videos that BuzzFeed does where they have people from other countries eating our junk food. I'll admit yeah. to watching that. Yeah, they're pretty They're pretty funny. I'm like, how do you not like that? What's wrong with you? That's yeah. that's why those videos are so popular, I have to imagine. It, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give BuzzFeed credit on, on one thing, as like awful as BuzzFeed is in many ways. They are very, very good at exploiting regional loyalties, like down oh, to yeah. individual towns. It's like 37 things that only people that live in this specific town in this specific country will know about. Like, you you guys are just... This is the same article he posted two weeks ago. so true. With a different name. It's so true. It's it's fucking true. I know. Like, they did one one on Western Mass last week. And I'm from Connecticut originally, so... But, like, in this very similar area, we're we're just, like, a 40-minute drive from the location they were talking about. And I was like, I haven't thought about these things in... 20 years and now I, I got all nostalgic and I was about to share it on Facebook and I'm like wait wait a minute this is, this is exactly their plan all along <laughs> you fall into that trap the one that I put on Facebook uh I'm trying to remember what it was called it was like um LA natives react to rain and it was just <laughs> the most ridiculous like it was obviously the ex- an extreme but it was so funny to me as a person from a state where it rains all the time like people in LA flip the fuck out when it rains like our the streets here don't drain so everybody is just like driving in tons of water just like uh, but even when it's sprinkling people slow down so much well, nobody wants to go outside well even it's like so there's weird. like there's like small children in California now who have seen rain like four times in their lives and it's that's fucked up that is fucked Close up like, and yeah, I'm, I'm from a rainy area too. Like we had four seasons, you know, rain, snow, whatever. We were used to it. And and living out here now, it's been it, it's been a big adjustment to kind of learn what it's like to be in a drought state, and especially the level of desperation that we're at at this point. Um, it's pretty bad. It's messed up. But we get like so happy when it rains. When I get like a yeah. notification that it's gonna rain, I'm like, yes, rain. <laughs> it's like you want to go outside and like roll around in it on the pavement, which is probably dangerous. Does it basically stay the same temperature in San Francisco most of the year? Because it does. It's like the same temperature all year here. It's been really hot. I mean, the past two summers, like around this time of year in September and October have been like way hotter than normal. But um, otherwise, yeah, it's typically like 65 to 70. Go, it gets a little cooler when Carl the Fog visits. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you know, our fog has a name, Carl. Did not know. Carl the Fog is his name. And uh, he's cousins with Carlos the Smog in L.A. I see. So that's how they're related. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own Twitter account. He's very popular. What? Oh, oh, dear. Yeah, he has his own Instagram account, his own Twitter account. Wait a minute. He messes up oh, Giants games all the time. With a K. Oh, Carl my God. A- there it is. What the shit? Yeah. 
So I've had quite enough it. of rain. I lived in England for far too long. I'm, I'm pretty much done with it. And what? No, that's exactly the reason why I miss it. <laughs> to talking about games in some way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Last, it was actually the night before last Sunday night. We went to do an escape room. I don't. Has anyone here heard of an escape room? Yeah, yeah. I've done totally. an escape room before. Yeah, so so you kind of know what an escape room is. Never, yeah. never done that. Yeah, for those that don't know, an escape room is a setup whereby you as a group are led into a room. The room is full of puzzles to lead you to the key to get you out of the room. You are locked in the room with these people and have an hour, usually, to solve the puzzles in order to leave the room. So it's a bit, it's a giant puzzle game for all intents and purposes. And on the way to this, we almost didn't get there in time because apparently nobody in North Carolina knows how to drive in the rain either, despite the fact that we get it frequently over and over again. We passed no less than 10 accidents on the way to this thing. Wow. It was only a half yeah. an hour drive, one of which was a semi-truck who was missing a wheel. It looked pretty bad, so don't know what was going on with that. But the these escape rooms, I kind of dig this. I mean, this is this has got to be a recent development, right? I haven't heard of these until fairly recently. Yeah, it's kind of similar. I mean, they are pretty new from what I understand. Um, but there's a there's a thing in New York now, and maybe chat room can help me remember what it's called. Because sleep no more. Uh, have you seen that? I have not. No. It's a it's a massive uh, interactive play that takes over an entire like six story warehouse building Whoa. in New York City, and it's all decked out. It's kind of like Macbeth. So that's like the basis of the story. But you can actually follow the actors from room to room as they're acting out scenes and, and chase them around. Yes. And they interact with the audience sometimes. And they'll pull you into like a hidden secret room and all the stuff in the rooms you're supposed to rummage through. I mean, it's, it's like a three hour performance, but you can be there for like five hours and it just goes on repeat. So you can like follow one actor the first time, then just sit in a room and watch people come into the room and do their, do their bit and say their pieces. And then, or you can just wander around randomly and pick up bits and pieces here and there. But there's like a candy room and you just go into the candy room and you can just take things off. This, it's like a candy shop. There's like a main street with all different stores and you can go into each store and rummage through all their stuff and eat the candy and, and read things in desks and dressers. And it's really wild. But I think I feel like the popularity of Sleep No More. There's also one in London that's a different name, but it's the same company, I think. Um, and and uh, it's I think that's kind of like that popularity has spurned on other things like that. And I think maybe escape rooms were born of that idea. Maybe. That's yeah, cool. I'm, just, I'm terrified of escape rooms, so I do escape, not want to do that. Escape rooms are awesome, but, um, oh man, this would be six, seven, eight months ago. I did one with uh, the Wong brothers, and we, by the way, they're way too good at those. I don't, I know, <laughs> I was lost. Uh, but they knew the guy who ran it. And as far as I can tell, there's no money in doing those because once you finish it once, it, it, you either have to keep changing it over and over and over again, which requires a lot of time and money and energy to make it work, or you have to get new people in. So I like mm. it's it's a very difficult business. But yeah. what they were saying is that in uh, in Japan and in China, they like the market for them is huge, and they have some crazy ones. There's one that admittedly I want to go to because it's a haunted house version, where you need to get out of this crazy mansion. And that's that's sort of like the escape room aspect of it. But you start by going in one side of an elevator 
and then it closes behind you. And then there's a bunch, you have all the numbers on the, you know, you have to press the numbers, whatever. The first objective is to just get out of the elevator. And it sounds like it's starting to move, but it's one of those, like, is it moving? It, you know, you have no clue. And you have to sort of fidget with it and try to mess with the numbers and yank stuff off the wall. Finally, the door opens, and it's just a hallway. And in this hallway are pictures all over the walls, one light at the end of the hallway, and a ringing telephone. And it's like, ring, ring, and you have to walk down uh, this dark-ass hallway. And when you pick up the telephone, it's like one of those, like, right? And all of a sudden a massive scream, all the pictures fall off the walls, and, and and all the lights turn on. So when you turn around, it's it's just like a real scary game, which is amazing. No, I will it's fucking amazing. die. No. <laughs> I know, right? I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I can't even play it. horror games. Like, I can't The best I can't part is, is then to get, to get out of that room, there are nope. peepholes where the, all the photos were, so you have to look through every single one. Oh. I was like, nope. I will nope. Ki- people will die because of me. Like, that that will happen in the See, escape room. I will my shit. It sounds and amazing. I oh, want to do oh, oh. an escape room so bad, but I would want to do it with an entire group of people who know me because there there are two possibilities that make me really nervous. One, that I would go into this escape room and wind up with just like one or two people who are the worst and they'll ruin the experience for me. My yeah. other concern is that I will be the person who's the worst ruining the experience for everyone else. So I'm like, I need to go with people who know me so that we can interact and like, well, there's and a like lot of different delegate types, easier. Though. Yes. Like, yeah. TV, yeah. What, what, what kind did you do? Cause I know that there's escape rooms where there are multiple puzzles in one room and you have to solve little puzzles. Yep. There's escape rooms that are like interactive experiences. Like what mm. did you do? So the place that we went to in Charlotte is called Exit Strategy, and they have six different ones. You, know, you were mentioning earlier about like how hard it is to make money through this. The way they do it is they have six different ones, and they do rotate stuff out. So you could go six times and do a different one every time. And they are also featuring something a bit more similar to what Veronica was talking about, the idea of an interactive experience. But this one is pure horror. It's called The Uninvited. And you are restrained in chairs oh. at times. You are blindfolded. I would it claw is... someone's eyes out. Yeah, like, I would yeah you probably would. It, claw someone's eyes out. It is apparently, that, then that experience is pure horror. That's, it's in, that's not puzzle solving or anything, but what we did was called The Cabin in the Woods, which is a bit spooky. <laughs> it's, it wasn't scary. Like It wasn't designed to be scary, really. It was just designed to be a bit eerie. And each of these rooms has different themes. They've got a Lost in Space one, which is very sci-fi. They've got a 70s one. They have a bank vault, which is like very kind of 1930s that you have to figure it out. And they all have different themes and they all have different difficulty levels. And in this case, we're in a room and half the room is divided off by bars and there is a, a door, but it has a lock on it. So you can see stuff on the other side, but you can't get into it just yet. So you try to figure out first what happened here in the first place. And how exactly do I get out? So there are multiple puzzles going on at once and they are a bit non-linear. So you could solve something that wouldn't necessarily help you yet. And they repeatedly make that clear to you before you go in. It's like, look, just because you solve this one thing doesn't mean that it's going to help you yet. Wait till later. Most objects, I think all objects are deliberately only used once. So not to spoil it for anyone that wants to go in, but there was a, we found a fishing pole fairly early on. And... I was able to use the fishing pole to reach through the bars to grab something which had something else oh. in it. Um, at which point they said, you know, you don't use the fishing pole for anything else. You're not supposed to force anything open. Nothing requires strength of any description. So it is all pure puzzle solving, 
So they kind of direct you that way. And you've got a walkie-talkie. If you want, you can ask for a hint or whatever. Obviously, it's not as fun if you do that. But if you get stuck, you can do that. And it was just a series of uh, of puzzles that led into other puzzles that led into the larger mystery. And eventually, sort of once it clicked, we actually solved a lot of the stuff in like the last seven minutes in a big frantic panic. Oh, man. Everything up to that was kind of slow. But we eventually sort of figured out how everything was working in that room and then was were able to make it through that way. And the whole room was dark all the time. The only way that you could see was with flashlights. So you had to... Uh, uh, that that uh, brought a teamwork aspect into it because you needed multiple people to hold the flashlights on this. So you were forced to work together and all that sort of thing. So I I had a blast. I, I think that the concern that Dodger has is valid. If you don't go in with people that you kind of gel with, that's a problem. They obviously well, try and sell the room out. So if mm-hmm. you don't have a full group, they will sell the rest of the spots to other people unless you pay the fee to book out the entire room for yourselves. Right. Well, that's one of the things that was good about Sleep No More is that you everyone wears masks. Mm. So you can't tell once you get in there, you basically are instantly separated from the group of people that you came with. And you're encouraged to not try to stay with the people you arrived with. You're supposed to just kind of wander around and do mm. what feels right. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was really, it was, I've done it. I've done it twice and both times were pretty amazing. The that last really one awesome. that I did was a, uh, like it, it was, it, it's like TV was saying, it's very sci-fi, but it was basically like dead space. The the oh, like interaction. Oh, like, Kill me. So, <laughs> well, no, but it was great. So when you get there, you put on basically a like space suity thing, and you get a you get a gun with a with a with a normal light, but also an infrared light, and then oh. you're like sent through the airlock, and when you get in there, there is just blood over the walls and stuff, and then oh. crazy writings all over the walls. And then broken mirrors and things like that. And what you had to do to even get into the actual ship was like turn the mirror so that it reflected different of the like make the passcode. So the writing on the wall made a passcode if you change the directions of the mirrors. It was great. And then the minute you get inside, there are like laser grids on the ground. So you had to like use a bar to get across it. And then there were you had to crawl through vents. You oh, that sounds to... way more physical than the stuff that we did. Oh, like, it was this super, is all yeah. pure puzzle physical. work. It was that you're going awesome, through a vent. You had to like you got you found this room where there was just a chair where they were holding the the first person who turned, and there was you, you there was like writing and black light on all like all over the wall and stuff. There was it was crazy. And then at the end, you found like a dead dude who who was like opened up, and you had to rifle through his body to like pull out things. And the way you got out was there were toys throughout the entire thing. But they were just random toys. Like one was a spaceship and one was like a, a little toy boot. Like weird shit just randomly around. And in the last room, it had all those things in blacklight all over the wall. And you had to figure out what order they went in and what it all meant. And so in order to get out, you had to like go back through the entire freaking thing, get all the stuff. Remember, you only have an hour to do all this. So you had to find all this hidden items and then figure out how they fit into like certain things. It was great. It was really cool. And then at the end, you had to flip switches. And then it was like, and it finally opened up. We were like, we did it. It was great. That sounds a lot higher budget than the one that we did, uh, which is probably why we have difficulty actually making money from it. I mean, this this place was, like, much more compartmentalized. It's like, yeah, we have, like, seven rooms, basically, that are each all themed differently, so they just reset the puzzle after each one. And that means they can also have, like, seven parties of ten people in going at any given time. So 
I assume that's a more sustainable business model. But I, I had a lot of fun with it. Like, I was looking at the history of these things, and yeah, they really only have come up in the last 10 years. The mm -hmm. first one was apparently developed uh, by a group in Silicon Valley called Origin in 2006. Mm. And then Japan, as you mentioned, went pretty hardcore on it in 2008. There's a company called Real Escape Game. And yeah, it's been growing from there. You know what? I might be wrong. I'm going to say I'm, I, I, my hypothesis that this is something that didn't make money might be way off because I remember reading an article about laser tag. And I used to think laser tag makes no effing money. What a waste. I'm totally wrong. That article was like, Laser tag is one of the most profitable things you can get into because it's groups and like business outings and kids. Yeah. Like, and the actual corporate team building is so stuff. Very yeah. low. Mm -hmm. I had no clue that that made money. I thought it was just a waste of money. Nope. Wrong. So this might be well. huge. This could be where you dump all your money into. I have no clue. But now that I think about that. Yeah. If you could do like an interactive experience based around a, a game world. That would be pretty great. Like people Super in chat cool. were talking about like Dead Space or something like that. Well, yeah. You, did you guys say Dead Space or did chat room say Dead Space? I think Je Jesse mentioned Dead Jesse Space. Dead Dead Space. Okay, Space okay. Like the theme of what we did. Yeah. But, but I think it would be cool so to do cool. one that's like a, a bit lighter, like a really lush Kokiri village sort of a thing mm -hmm. where you're just doing like Zelda type puzzles. That would be cool. <laughs> be There's, there was some of the, the guy who created the one that we went to said his next big plan is he's going to throw all his money into trying to R&D some way to make a leveling up experience. So okay. either you have wristbands. Like, he didn't know how he was going to do it. Either wristbands or, like, screens, like, movie screens. Like, something where it's, like, an interactive... He's like, I want to try and make a live-action MMORPG. Augmented where every reality, time you come basically. Here, basically video game LARPing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. I want to try and make that, but then you can come back and it will save your information. Like you get a card that you can take with you. So every time you come back, he's like, I want to try and get them back in and keep people coming mm. back and they can level up and do new things. That's that like over design considering you could do a lot of that with just a smart device, I would think. You oh know, yeah. Isn't that the oh, most yeah. cost effective way considering pretty much everybody owns one anyway? Just have them download I, an app that does the tracking and then you can yeah. do all the AR stuff through the smart device. So you don't need to mm. buy additional kit. There's a, yeah, there's a company that kind of does that. Go Game does like big corporate event type stuff where they send groups of people out into the city to do like complete goals and tasks. And sometimes like ninjas pop out at you or I don't know. <laughs> I, did, I did a video about it once. And actually the ninja scared the living shit out of me because he literally he jumped out of the door of a cafe and was like, ha! Sorry. <laughs> And I was like, I like, I tried to like beat him. I was not, not a good scene. <laughs> I like, I like how in your mind you're like ninjas. I knew they'd be here. <laughs> like they didn't cross you. Like, oh yeah, this is part It of finally me. happened. It's my moment. <laughs> I knew it, ninjas. I've been preparing for this all my life. <laughs> oh man. I do kind of have fantasies about that sometimes. Like what would happen in my real life if someone like, if, if like a ninja jumped out or, you know, a, a, a monster really was there and I had to fight them off. Like, what would I do? Would I, would I live? Would I be able to survive? No, then I'd you'd probably die, die right? Damn it. Yeah. I, I think about stuff like that too. Sometimes when I leave the house, um, I'll be wearing a specific outfit and it'll make me think, yeah, if I got, if I like randomly got pulled into an alternate reality, 
like a dystopian alternate reality today where I had to fight off monsters. I could run in this outfit. <laughs> like, I, I could survive a little I, bit longer in what I'm I wearing I bring right sensible now. shoes today. I think yeah. I could. I could make a good go of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These aren't my heeled boots. I'm I good. can't parkour very well, though, so that might be an issue. <laughs> I feel like you have to be really good at parkour for that kind of thing. To, to yeah. live through situations, yeah. That's yeah, probably why more yeah. people are starting to pick it up and train in it because of the inevitable apocalypse that's coming oh, out. Oh, yeah, no, that's Back. certainly why. That's certainly the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's vampire, so I'm all set because I'm a Belmont. Yeah, you'll be Perfect, set. true. Yeah. It's, in my, it's in my blood. I don't know. If Konami has anything to say about it, you'll become a yeah, machine, right? so maybe not. <laughs> Just- ruining everything yep that's what they do they, they are mm-hmm. terrible like that but yeah ar seems to be becoming a thing i mean even that, that new pokemon go thing is essentially ar for all intents and purposes can't wait so yeah. it would not surprise me if we see a lot more of that mm-hmm. well like like you said since pretty much everybody has a smart device at this point it's easy to implement in some way yeah you know or easier i guess than it has been in the past yeah it's getting there I remember somebody, it was a few years ago, I was uh, doing a few workshops at a Swedish university, and it was uh, for game development, things like that. And they were sort of throwing ideas at me for different games, and one of them had this idea about, uh, we, we, we want to make a sort of augmented reality game using a smartphone that also encourages people to, you know, work out. So mm. they we were talking through how you could make it gamey, how you could implement game-like activities and encourage people to visit different places and we're having like dungeons pop up of specific places around the cities monster encounters all that sort of thing leveling up as you move based on the number of steps and i'm pretty sure games have now done that because this was like four or five years ago there's um well there's run zombies run and that's got a little bit of that aspect and then there's i can't remember the name of it the google the google ar project um where you go around and capture these points ingress yeah Yeah. that's that's ingress is great yeah and then geocaching it's it's super nerdy but i love it and you can that's that's kind of like a real world gamification situation that's how I'm trying to think of Pokemon Go, because like my friends and I in college totally did geocaching. And it was yeah. so fun to just be like, oh, my God, we're going to go to this random place and see if we can find like this hidden thing. And I want Pokemon Go to sort of feel like that, where I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be a rare Pokemon. Like, who knows where at Eagle Rock? We got to go. Right. And just like go on weird outdoor adventures to get like something like that doesn't that doesn't really matter. Like the adventure is what matters, I guess. I don't know. Right. My husband made me stop doing geocaching like when we're out on hikes and stuff because it <laughs> said it like took away from the experience. And I'm like, no, we're on a motherfucking treasure hunt right now. Like, what more do you want exactly. from this outing? You're like, like you're like Goonies. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, frustrating. I should get a divorce. <laughs> she doesn't get very, it. He doesn't get geocaching. Now I'm just joking. Moving <laughs> swiftly on from marital strife, uh, let's talk a little bit about the games that we've been playing this week. Actually, Veronica, why don't we start with you? What have you been playing this week? What's been going on? I am still steadily working my way through The Witcher 3. Um, it is the the best thing I've played in a really long time. I love it. And I'm not quite done, but I think I'm, I'm on final preparations. Uh, so I think my moment is coming. But it's been great. Like, I've just been trying to finish every quest, every contract, every, like, secondary quest line. Um, I was huge into Skyrim, and I love Dragon Age. And open world games like that just really get me going. So... I'm going to be sad when this one is over, but hopefully it'll come right on the heels of Fallout 4, so then I can just jump into that. Did you find the farting trolls? I know. Wait, where are the farting trolls? They're on Skellige. 
If you go to Skellige, there's, no, there's a three, secret cave. It's a, I have not. I have to find this. Wait, hold on. Okay. Are they three what? Are they three what? Because there were three trolls that I ran into, but they were like, I, I had to ask them if I could like cross through that their pathway. Oh, oh no, I don't think so. I don't remember them farting. There's a yeah. secret. There's a there's a secret cave with a bunch of farting trolls that just can't stop farting, and one of them sticks a finger up his or her butt. Oh, that God. may or may not be that may or may not be Dodger. <laughs> Wait, is it really you guys? Are you the yeah. farting trolls? <laughs> we, we, we voiced the farting trolls. So you should go find them. <laughs> All right, I will find them. them. Yeah, perfect. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Am I supposed to kill them? Can I let them live if I want to? No, they will they attack eat you, you, man. They want to eat you really bad, yeah. All right. Did you I wish. That would have been awesome. In, in Old World Blues, did you play that DLC? Because I was in that what, DLC. What? Old World Old Blues. Blues. The DLC Fallout for Fallout New Vegas. Vegas. Sorry, oh, no. New Vegas, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a light switch. I'm two light switches. <laughs> That's one for the resume, yeah. isn't it? I'm the stealth suit Mark II, and um, the voice of the stealth suit. And I'm um, the the uh, audio logs for um, for um, what's your face? The light switch. Yeah. The light no. switch audio logs. Day <laughs> four hundred and sixty-two. Still the light switch. switch. <laughs> I voiced. It was so long ago at this point, but that was really fun. But I'm gonna go kill your trolls. For sure. Yeah, do it. Please yeah, do. I'll go flip your light switch. I don't know. But I'm not playing any Gwent. I hate Gwent. I won't play I it. Love I hate Gwent too. I love Gwent. You guys are wrong. Gwent, You're mistaken. Related to Gwent. It's like, I don't want a game in a game. I just want to play the game. I don't want to spend my time playing a card game in a game when I could be out killing stuff. I never like those mini games. What? Yeah. Christine, thank you. I was Christine from... The fucking vault. I like how chat had to get your back on that. <laughs> chat. Good work, chat. I'm brain farting because I'm so high on vitamin B12 right now. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Refreshing. Come on, Jesse. Defend Gwent. Yeah, tell me oh, why, I... why I like Gwent. What's so good about Gwent? Oh, I don't fucking know. I just like it. I'm, I'm really good at it. Even though I suck, I still win every game I play. And even when I'm awful and people are like, oh, how do you beat that? I don't know. I've got the touch. I've got the Gwent touch. I'm, I'm like an idiot savant of I Gwent. Even, I literally, I, just, I don't know how many times I've tried to play it. And every time I'm like, I obviously don't fucking get this game because yeah, I always wind up in a position it's... where I'm like, what the fuck? No, I don't. I don't get it. Or I'm I not good at it. And then I lose the next game. And then the third game, I've used all my good cards. So then you I'm just... That's, you have to strategize. Well, I'm not gotta... fucking good at strategy. It's I just well, want to steal the sword. Yeah. Like, is that well, so much to ask? I... Yeah. Look, as, as, as a nerd, I feel no need to defend my love of Gwent. Just like oh. I would not ask you to defend your love of something equally nerdy, anime. I'm just trying... <laughs> <laughs> try I just... I want to know why I like. Am I missing something, or is it just not for me? Like, maybe you could tell us why Gwent. No, there's is absolutely that way. Uh, and I mean, if you wanted to complete all the quests, you would complete the Gwent uh, stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, if, if if you are any sort of quest completer, you would do Gwent. Um, are you missing anything? No. Is it changing gaming as we know it? No. Is it a fun little side diversion that I'm really good at? Yes. So, all right. <laughs> I mean, it's like. Uh, uh, all triple triad and all those Final Fantasy games that had like all this shit in it that like yeah no I can play a other game that exists 
it's Blitz just Bowl an RPG still better than the rest of Final Fantasy X. I'm just saying it. Blitz Bowl so is amazing. It's, yeah, there's nothing there's nothing too fancy about that you're missing. It's just okay. a little game that exists in something else. But now I feel like I've gotten so far. I'm like 90 hours in. Like, do I really need to go back and do all the Gwent quests? Like, how how long is that going to take me? Well, it depends. Give- I mean, I here's the thing. It probably will take you forever. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> almost every almost every vendor in the game, yeah. and then some major NPCs allows you to play Gwent. So literally, I would say maybe there's 20 hours of actual Gwent you could end up playing. Uh, I guess so I can't play fun. the Red Baron now. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Spoilers. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that is not gonna happen. Too late on that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> How far uh, in are you, Jesse? Like how uh, close to I am, are you? I'm further than uh oh, like video wise for the channel, I'm only up to um running around in Novigrad. Uh but actual stuff that needs to be edited is a little bit further. But um I just yeah, I need to do everything there is to do. So I'm constantly running around and finding side yeah. quests and silly things to do. And I'm doing all the, any ex, any question mark I find, I've been just trying to clear the map of any undiscovered locations and trying to do all the abandoned villages. That's some so of the, hard that's to some move of the on most when... fun in the game, though. Like, just randomly stumbling across stuff. You're like, what is, what is this cave? And then something crazy happens. You're like, all righty then. But my favorite thing I think about The, the Witcher is how, how, self-aware it is like when you have to do an escort quest and he goes really you want me to escort that goat back to the house really you're like i know how you feel man i get it (laughs) oh it's the worst why do we have to do this so i love him that's actually a really great quest because that keeps going like it knows how awful it is and the goat (laughs) just stops and starts eating and he's like are you kidding me and then a bear shows up he's like are you kidding me Keeps good. going so good and it's just uh, this goat and the old man's like oh my goat all right i can do that stuff for you now it's like i did all of this F for yourself old man yeah yeah like for yourself old man <laughs> i yeah i think wow did that a few times as well after I, I believe it started to mock itself when it came to escort quests because of course everybody bloody hated them so they started mm-hmm. to deliberately make the things you were escorting do weird things pretty sure there's one way it just explodes right before the end of the quest and like you you knew exactly what you were doing with this when you designed it. Yeah, I think, and I'll say it again, I think the changes they made, even though it's a few years old now, ever since Cataclysm, the changes they made to questing in WoW are actually, like, legit fantastic, but no one plays that shit anymore. So, like, they changed the level 1 through 60 experience completely and made it fantastic, and then give everyone the ability to level to 90 immediately. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, good job, guys. No one will ever see that stuff that was amazing. I'm on a wow break right now. It's been a while. I dropped out after after the last expansion. I got I leveled myself up and then I quit again. That's I do that exactly every single time. I yeah. I think that's what everyone I, a lot of people do that. Yeah, I looked at I think I was on MMO Champion or something. I was looking at the stats and every once in a while they show achievement stats and it's ridiculous to see that uh the in in vanilla wow when there wasn't well, I guess Wrath of Lich King is when achievements first started, but um Whenever achievements first started, the rate of completion was like at 65% of like all of them. And then over the years, it keeps it dropped drastically. So when mm-hmm. like Mist came out, it was like 23% of people have gotten this achievement. And it's like, that's super. <laughs> like, it, people just gave up trying to do all the crazy stuff because 
everyone's like, yeah, all right, I'll see what the new story is. And they're yeah. like, all right, I got to the end. Okay. And then they just move on. Like, I'll find something else to do now. Well, I got, I got frustrated by the garrison quests. Like, I felt like it was just like dailies in the same place all over again. That's exactly what it's, it is. It's, it's I know. Facebook grinding. It's, it's a Facebook yeah. game. Yeah. That bummed me out. Yeah. But there's, there was a lot of great stuff in there, too. That's, that's, that's why they didn't garrisons. turn that into like an app that you could do. Because that would be they really want you they wanted in the that game. so badly. They wanted that so but yeah, TB's right. They just wanted you to stay in the game and log in daily. And right. man, I it's so weird that every time a new expansion comes out, I'm so hyped for it every time and I jump in, I'm like, this is gonna be great. And it you always hit that wall. Like it's one of those walls I never thought I would hit. I was like, man, I don't know why people are quitting. But now, when you hit it now, it's like so blatantly obvious. Like, the only thing left for me to do now is to log in every day for about an hour and a half and do a bunch of running around and right. then log off again. Right. I mean, okay. that's why I, I like Heroes so much because I just feel like I get a different experience every time I play, even though it's the same kind of stuff. Like, I can choose yeah. different characters or I can, you know, I get new dailies that are interesting and different combinations I can do, random people I'm going to be playing with. I think that's, that's something that's kind of like sucked me in a lot. Yeah, and and then Overwatch. Then when Overwatch comes oh, out, I can't wait. So happy. Can't yeah. wait for Overwatch. Still haven't played so it. Fun. Still soon not on the hype train yet. Will look, probably look, look, I'm just saying someone month. may or may not be able to play it next week. So I was going to say I, I may or may not be out that way. So we'll see. All we got to mm -hmm. do is beg. Like, hey, take us to that Overwatch room, dog. Plus, plus, plus. What else yeah, have you been playing I, this week, if anything, Veronica? That's it. That's it. Just, just I only have been playing Heroes and, and Witcher. Um, I'm kind Good of, I, I haven't had enough time to even really play a lot of games recently. So I've been trying to just wrap up Witcher and, and get ready for, for the next thing. Um, I, I like to be done with the game before I start a new, like, super open world kind of endless title. But yeah, it's, it's I'm almost, I'll probably hit 100 hours in The Witcher, I think, easy by, by the end of the month. That's mm. how you do it. I'm yeah. the polar opposite of that. I have uh, just nothing but thousands of unfinished games. It's very yeah. rare I get to finish a game unless it's episodic or like two hours long, which generally... I've know, come to lies. really appreciate when a game is like two or three hours. Yeah. I'm, I'm with like, you on oh, that. This was great. What a great bite-sized, wonderful game. Yeah. On to and the next I thing. I do like bite-sized games. Like that's something I don't like look into very often. Uh, so if you guys have recommendations on things that you can just kind of get, that's why I like heroes so much. Cause I can be like, all right, I've got an hour to play. I can do a couple of matches and just be in and out. Um, and then I did do the new season of Diablo. Um, so I, I leveled up in that, but then, yeah, that's another thing. Once I get there, I'm like, okay, I'm good. No, oh, I want that cat so badly. No, there's a witcher totem, I guess what it's called or whatever it is. But it's just like a cat on a string. And it's this little kitten. It's, like, it's so effing cute. And I'm like, I want that so badly. The things we do for in-game content. Yeah, I, I will say <laughs> Diablo sometimes. Season 4, killing it. It's yeah. actually a playable, fun game. It took four seasons. It seems seasons. like with, with, each, yeah, oh, yeah. with each new big patch that they do, or, yeah, it, like... The whole community is like, oh, thank God, so much stuff has been fixed. It just keeps getting better and better and better. But I think, mm -hmm. unfortunately, so many people have given up on it by now that it's hard to come back. I don't know. What are their numbers like now? Well, I, I, I don't know about numbers, but I do know that Blizzard is 
super smart in the synergy that they like unleash upon their games where it's like if you want to get this for all your other games play yeah, our game this new that. season yeah. you yeah. want to do this so for example in heroes if you want to get Malthiel's mount you have to play season four of diablo if you want to mm, get the hearthstone card you have to get to you have to play like 100 games in a season hearthstone, of hearthstone yeah. if you want to get like there's a bunch of different things for heroes you can unlock Vice versa, you can get things for other games. So if you yeah, play I heroes, the, I got the nameplate or what? What do they call it for? Um, for Diablo, that like heroes. goes around your portrait, like the little yeah, hero yeah, 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 yeah. That was that so was okay. There's, oh, and you can get like a flag and all sorts of shit. And yeah, they're super smart about that because they understand their audience wants to play their other games, and it's totally true. Like for a while, for a good part of the early two thousands, all I did was play Blizzard games. Like that's all I played. I think I missed out on two years of actual other games during that 2001-2002 period. All I played was was like Warcraft 3 and StarCraft, and that's like it. So, yeah. The- yeah, Felicia and I have very similar WoW origin stories where we just got completely sucked in and didn't do anything else for like that portion of our life. And yeah, that was a wow was there for me when I needed it. And so I, <laughs> I still have, you know, feelings like that. Like, oh, it was my friend when I didn't have anything. And it's, you know, I think that that's why it appeals to so many people, because you have this sense of community and you're accomplishing goals and doing things. And then you're like, wait, this is not a real world thing. I should be doing I almost work. failed biology. So I quit. <laughs> yeah. I quit before the very first expansion. I quit in vanilla. It was like right before. And you never, you never came back. I never, I never came back as hard as I was going in vanilla. No. Oh man. Um, yeah. So I, a, a lot of people feel I, I missed out. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people say that the first couple expansions, like I really, really were missed amazing. Out. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Things to go a little bit downhill in many ways in that game, but I mean, I stopped playing in Cataclysm, and I haven't really gone back since. There was something you brought up, though, uh, Jesse, which I think is kind of interesting. The idea that there is a base of people that pay, p- play Blizzard's games, and they know mm-hmm. this, and they're sort of exploiting that. And I think the only other company that really does that a lot is Valve. Exploited. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valve yep. loves loves to do that. I mean, they were the guys who was like, oh, buy this game, get a hat in TF2. You know, there was a right. lot of stuff like that, and they did a lot of in-game cross-promotional shit, stuff. Yeah. Blizzard's going pretty hard on that. Although I have to wonder if there's a bit of a risk of cannibalizing their own audience. Like it well, seems they, to me they that they do that. They know that. They like, already they, do that though. They know that for a fact. Like I I mean, every time I've been there, I literally they were like, So are you looking forward to Overwatch? I'm like, Yeah, but truth be told, I'm gonna quit all your other games when Overwatch comes out. And that's what I, every time we're like, Wait, no, you'll be back. You'll be back. Yeah, they'll just make something new and then I'll go back to that for a little bit. And it's I mean, that's how they work. They're like all right, well, the good example is the new StarCraft expansion is coming out. So they're, like, layering everything. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, Overwatch beta is coming out very soon, guys, very soon. Also, StarCraft's coming out as well. And that's good. And so they're, oh, and a new Warcraft thing? That's coming out too. And they just layer it. So you're moving back and forth between every single one. Right. They're super smart that way. It's, it's real, like, keep them playing. Keep them playing the games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Keep Blizzard fanboy, world. you're like, this is the embarrassment of riches. I'm so happy. <laughs> embarrassment. Oh, is, that, is that the right word? I can't. <laughs> I be, I can't. Yeah, what an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> and and yeah, I, I mean, they're really savvy when it comes <laughs> to that stuff. They definitely know what they're doing because Blizzard fans are – they're the fans, again, who are willing to pay 175 bucks to go for Tuesdays of BlizzCon. 
Like, yeah. I think that's maybe it's 200 now. I don't remember how much. It's expensive for two days to just go listen to dudes talk about games you already play. Like, you know, the fans are crazy people, me being one of them. So that sort of says where they're at. BlizzCon is really fun. It is pretty amazing. Dude, it's BlizzCon pretty fun. last year was like by far the best BlizzCon I've been to. It was so fun. Well, here's the problem. This year, I don't know what it would be. That's because what, they, yeah. People keep asking me if I'm going, and I'm like, like, I don't know. This happens like, in cycles with BlizzCon. Yeah, that's often yeah. true. They end up with they have a good year and then an off year as a result of that because usually the <clears throat> the expansion or whatever they've done for WoW has already been announced, so they can't drop that mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. Dropping new IP on you is fairly rare. They've obviously ramped that up over the last few years. So last year, of course, you had Overwatch and Heroes was really kicking in, and I believe you had like a lot of stuff for the new Hearthstone expansion and. It was it was pretty great. I have a feeling this year will be lighter. I mean, I've always said that BlizzCon is more of a place just to meet people. As an actual, like, convention with stuff to do, it's pretty light considering how much they charge you for it. Yeah, we do like our, our guild does a does a guild hall. So we have a we they rent like a conference room in in, mm. in the hotel nearby at the Hilton, and um, we just go there and drink and record yep. podcasts and That's hang literally out pretty all much. It is. Yeah, just it's, a, it's the, an opportunity just to get together in person. Yeah. It's That's the fun. meet old friends, get freaking wasted, listen to Chris Metzen ramble on about what a geek means, and then <laughs> go to a concert. Go to a concert. Yeah. Not again. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's great. And so yeah, I, I'm very curious to see who the musical guest this year is. I'm sure they'll find another band that was popular in the early 2000s, and it will be just a great experience for all. Oh, I know, I know how they concert, roll. That was so good. That like was there, awesome. Were you there for the there, Foo Fighters concert that year? Foo Fighters, I'm I I truly believe Foo Fighters was number one, but my number two concert has to be uh, Tenacious D because that was amazing. Yeah, that oh, was so that was good. a great show. Uh, yeah, no, I think every year they do great, and it blows my mind that they just convince bands to show up to this thing. Like, yeah, no, so a bunch of nerds want you to play music for them. All right, stuff <laughs> it. We're in. Sure, it's great. Oh, in 2007, they had video games live, which I thought was a, obviously a great choice. Although in 2014, mm -hmm. they did have Metallica, which is obviously also a pretty damn good choice. That's hard to top. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty tricky. We couldn't, even, we couldn't even get in to see Metallica. So we gave up and we spent the entire time Metallica was performing playing Overwatch in the press room. Yeah. And we just played like 40 games. I do that all the I time. I was like, oh. I love this. The first one that we ever went to, the, the initial one in 2005, they had The Offspring as the closing band. Having no interest in watching The Offspring, we spent a bunch of time <laughs> oh, playing. So live though, come on. They're getting on a little <laughs> bit. my first concert that I ever went to. So for me, that's very, that would be, I guess I would say something about how old I am. Perhaps, okay. but more, more to the point, I think like, I, I try to listen to Offspring stuff now. I'm like, you know, that doesn't necessarily resonate with my 31-year-old self anymore. So that, that's what a bit was, of an issue. But we played StarCraft Ghost. It was great. We spent hours playing StarCraft Ghost. And of course, that game never came out. Mm -hmm. So thanks to the Offspring the for giving us that opportunity. There you mm -hmm. go. What were you going to say, Dodger? What was everybody's very first concert? Yeah, mine was, as I said, the Offspring. But it was a big, um, I, I worked, for, I was an intern at a radio station in Hartford and they do um oh incidentally also the same radio station that Major Nelson used to work at he was the studio manager uh -huh. and I was an intern at the same time so we we thought that was funny um but uh I it was a called the the backyard barbecue and the offspring were the headliners at this big like outdoor convention what? 
It Where was, was this and what year was this? That sounds familiar. Why do I know it was, that? It's the, uh, probably not. It was, um, it's in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh-huh. the radio station was 104.1 WMRQ. And um, it was in two, 1996, I think. Oh, wow. That was very close. I My first concert was 1997. The 103.9 The X presents Backyard Barbecue. And it was backyard barbecues. I thought it was the same. Like ours was um, stained limp biscuit, uh, <laughs> real big fish. Um, yes. Oh my! Like it was just everything that was that late nineties. Well, like a good amount of angst in that lineup. Teenage angsty. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, Moby, and I was Moby like, played at our event also. So Moby. That's always good. Oh, yeah. better than Ezra was there. I'm trying to think of all the like, the like. Oh my god, all those late 90s bands, all of them were there. It was great. That was my first concert. My first concert, I think, was... Yeah, it was actually when I first went to university. I hadn't gone to like uh, a gig before that. And it was in this tiny little crap hole of a music bar called The Charlotte in Leicester, which is now shut down, I believe. It was, it was a dive. And we went to see Mushroom Head, which is an eight-piece oh, yes. metal band... Yep. <laughs> that uh, are said in many ways to have inspired Slipknot. Now, bear in mind, the stage is tiny. So there's eight of them. That's a lot of, that's a lot of dudes. That's a lot of dudes. They all wear masks, incidentally. And one looks like a Womble, which is wonderful. And I think he plays synthesizer. You Google Wombles. You'll, if you're not I, British, I maybe to. you don't understand. What is a I'm going to do that right now. Google Womble. Do I like that. how all of us have to look this fake oh, word up. It's a British thing. Okay. Yes, right? the Wombles were a big thing in Britain for a long time. Fucking terrifying. Oh, all right, cool, go am on. Am I spelling it right? I, w- I don't know. Have you found porn? Wumble? Probably not then. Uh, let me... I There's furries. W-O-M-B-L-E. Okay, I think W-U-M. Okay. W-O-O. The Wombles to make a comeback on Channel 5. There you go, yes. The Wombles, a 1973 television series. They are pointy-nosed furry creatures that live in burrows. That's how those are the wombles. So basically, it's our like it's like Fraggle Rock, but for British people. Kind of yes, it looks like. yeah. But it had some sort of like don't ruin British the environment Fraggle Rock, so they're bland it. looking and proper is what, what I'm looking. <laughs> Pr- pretty much. They're all wearing top hats. Just go with yes. all wearing top hats. That is not in any way true. And drinking tea. Mm-hmm. Nope, not at all. Exactly like Fraggle Rock, but British. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. No, yes. that is like Smurfs or Fraggle Rock, but mm-hmm. much more dapper looking. It's kind of like the Downton Abbey of Smurfs. So, <laughs> Downton Abbey. Yeah, yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, sure. Whatever. That, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, you know, three British television shows. Let's link them all together that in some true. way. That's true. How do we work in a Doctor Who reference? We could probably fit it in there somewhere. Shouldn't be too okay. much of a problem. But that, co- that concert was comedic as a result because only six of them could fit on the stage. So the two guitarists stood on the barrier for the entire gig. Well, that's, that's awesome. Amazing. Which was kind of great. Because that was like, wow, you would not be closer to this band if you tried. That's just not possible. It, so you know, that, I, I'm sad crazy. I never saw Guar. I never saw Guar. I have seen Guar. Uh, and I feel like that's prior a to big the guys passing. That is sad. Yep, for there me. was a giant penis and it shot blue goo over the first four rows of the crowd. <laughs> and yes, that Guar is was quite a thing. Let me put it that way. I'm glad My I got to see Guar that live. My only experience is from the movie Empire Records. In oh, which there's Empire a Guar scene. That's all. That, that's yes. my only Guar experience. Wasn't that a dream? Was that a dream that that? Yes, um, where he's like, "We're going to sacrifice you to the hell mouth or whatever it was." <laughs> Ethan, <laughs> Embry, 
Ethan Embry in that movie is like the ultimate like hot dude from my childhood. Like I remember seeing that movie and being like, oh, he's so cute. He's like, I want to marry him. And now, yeah, it's that I was that. that's it's a movie where at the so time fun. I was like, I freaking love this movie. And looking back, it's like, this isn't a very good movie. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost like Hackers, you know, Hackers yes. like that movie when it came out. And then you look back yeah. on it and you're like, huh? I watch Hackers happening? every couple of years to mock it. It's the 20th anniversary last weekend of Hackers. <gasps> was there it? Oh, could have. Yeah, I, love, I love that movie. That movie is and quotable. the depiction of hacking. The depiction of hacking is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I need. Do you think a video on YouTube exists where all the hacking that's been done in movies is like I have to imagine like a supercut of hacking? That must totally. exist. Hacking oh, in just movies. Like, just yeah. like the girl from Jurassic Park. Like, Unix, I know this. Unix, I know this. Buildings. <laughs> there yes. are loads uh the worst hacking scenes in movies which is five minutes long top 10 movie nice. hackers top 10 movie hacker fails five stupid things movies believe about hacking and so on and so on and so forth so i think that's the best i think mr robot did a pretty good job with mr robot is my favorite show i've yet to watch that i've been told that so good dude watch it what's wrong so with good. you i just time mostly mostly time my favorite, most, and the most simple and elegant cosplay I saw at Dragon Con this year was a guy dressed as Elliot. Just and in I was a, like, a hoodie? Just a he was, hoodie? He, he looked like, like Rami Malek also. And so I, he like walked up behind me in, uh, in a hallway and I turned around and I was like, oh my God, like I thought it was him. Like it was amazingly good. And he just Aww. wouldn't talk to anyone. He would just like stand in a corner and like side eye awesome. you. Yeah. That's cool. And it, it was pretty rad. Mr. Robot is the kind of show where it's like it's impossible to explain to someone who is your parents. Like it's a show your parents would never understand, but anyone like late thirties and under would totally get. Like it's a weird, weird show that is so fucking good that it's like this is this is this is it. This is that show. But to explain it to my parents, they'd be like, I don't fucking know what's going on. It's like, oh, well, well. My mom told me to watch it. She was the one who really? got me into it. Yeah, my mom oh, watches so good. TV. She watches a lot of good good shows. So she's always recommending good stuff to me. So good. She has very elevated tastes, I like to think. <laughs> For mom. Mom taste. That sounds awful. <laughs> also, also, it does, Dodger, you'd enjoy it because it does the Deadpool thing of just fuck the fourth wall. Constantly breaking the fourth wall. I'm into that Constantly. shit. Constantly. Yeah, it's cool. Um, should we yeah, pee? Oh, yeah, pee breaking. I was peeing just now. Is that? Oh, no. that's right. Because no, you have the catheter. That's I forgot. Sure. I'm sorry. No problem. Yeah. Okay. I'll need I to get up and pee, pee though. Or poop. I oh. turn it in. I turn it into butterfly Cycle flowers. It? Yeah. Butterfly flowers. Butterfly yeah. flowers. <laughs> how have we not figured out how to recycle? Never mind. It seems like a bad evolutionary trait that we haven't figured out yet. Look, I feel like Kevin eventually we're going to make a car that runs on our poop. We should be able to yeah. do it now. I'm just saying. Still suits. Dune. Frank Herbert. Come on. It's been done. Oh That's I right. Well, it's been it done in water fiction. Come out and I drink Indeed. Mm. Okay. Pee break? I think so. Actually. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Waterworld. Waterworld. No. The now a word from flowers. our sponsors. We will be back. But possibly with video games. Our sponsor. Possibly not. Kevin Costner's Waterworld. <laughs> not in any way true. We'll be right back. Crunchyroll Premium Unlocked. 
Unlimited Animal Activated. Watch Japan's newest anime and the entire Crunchyroll catalog ad-free. Access over 15,000 episodes, anytime, anywhere. Start your free trial of Crunchyroll Premium today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Kale Optional Podcast. We apologize for the crash during the break, which interrupted the live stream momentarily, but we're back and hopefully it won't happen again. Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, uh, during the break, I received an email from my mother who said, oh. and I quote, I understand Mr. Robot. I've seen Mr. Robot, so I know what's going on. My oh, bad. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Told, my bad. You got told, uh, sir. Owned. Completely owned. Sorry. Sorry, mother. Uh, so there you go. I was wrong. Moms are cool. <laughs> Moms watch good TV. The end. True. Dude, that's like my mom. When I was younger, my mom read books constantly. And now she never reads and just watches every show on TV. Like any show that I talk with her about, she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen every episode of that. I'm like, how? <laughs> how do you do how this? Do you have time to watch how literally every TV show. It blows my mind. Yeah. So. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> uh, well, good. That she has good taste. Good job, Mom. Dodger, mm-hmm. what have you been playing this week? What's been going on? Um, I think last show I briefly mentioned that I had started Undertale. Yes, I did want to hear about this. So I've finished. By briefly, you meant you've talked about the last two podcasts. Then yes, briefly mentioned. No, only one. <laughs> Nope. Only one, only one, because I also talked about it on Dropped Frames. It's only, it's only been once. Yeah, it anyways, was, it was slow beef two, two weeks episodes. ago. Two episodes yeah. ago, slow beef. I didn't mention it. it the first time. Yeah. Anyways, so I, I beat the game. I got uh, the true ending of the game. I was told that the campaign was six hours. I wound up spending fourteen hours on it. Don't yeah. regret it for <laughs> even an instant. Yeah. Um, that's like my current game of the year. Like, it would be really, really hard for a game to bump that down for me. Um, the music is incredible. I thought the game had so much love put into it. I don't know. The whole time I was playing, I was right? like, this game is so weird in a way that I'm just absolutely in love with. Yes, Jesse? Can I ask what you loved? Because honestly, I thought it was boring. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't... I I loved that it was... It was sort of this, the way that I keep putting it is it's like somebody made me a sweet cake with all the flavors that I love and then put a, like a light frosting on it that creeped me the fuck out, right? Like the whole time I'm playing it, I'm second guessing everything and there's always this, this sort of underlying unease the whole time that you're playing it. Like no matter how long things have been totally fine. You're like, but shit's like, like this isn't necessarily a happy game. I don't think, I don't think that it's a happy game. I think it's sort of a surreal earthboundy, creepy game set in, in this world where everybody wants things to work out. Okay. You know, and it's, uh, I just thought that it was fascinating. I absolutely loved it. Um, I played the entire thing on stream and chat was loving it. Like the deeper we got into it, the more all of us became so invested. And I really want to do, I did a full pacifist run. I really want to, I want to do a genocide run, 
but I know it's going to break my heart. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. Just like killing everybody. Um, like, I, mean, I don't know. It's a weird, I'm, I'm with you on the story. Like it's a weird, like everything in it is really cool and creepy and fun. The fundamental flaw with the game is the constant random battles are no fun. Like there it's, it's like they took the random battle of, say, Final Fantasy, early Final Fantasy games, like Final Fantasy VI, like all the, where you're just walking, it's like, and then you're sucked into right. a battle. And then, for example, if you're trying not to kill people, you're literally going through the same motions over and over and over again, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I, I felt That's like I was boring. hitting, I felt like I was hitting big story parts really quickly. Like, I don't, I don't think that there were long stretches where, I was just doing random battles and not getting anything in return. I don't know. I I was yeah. I was fine with the ratio, honestly. Like I think I think that that's like my biggest problem with that game is it's just like if you want to find everything and see everything, you're constantly stuck in battles that after the first time of like, "Oh, I get it. This guy is he just wants to be taken seriously as a comedian." Or this guy wants me to look directly at him or whatever the, the twist is. After the first time I figured that out, it's like, I got to do this like six more times. Oh, my God. I just don't care. That yeah. took me out of the game so quickly. I couldn't even oh, tell you. I liked it because I'd run into them and I'd be like, oh, you sweet baby. Don't worry. I won't hug you. And then they'll be like, thanks. And then you just walk away. <laughs> um, yeah, the other thing the other thing that I love, and we've talked about this before, I love games that look at the medium that they're in and are like, what's something that I can do that I can literally only do with this medium, right? And the way that... Yes, 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 yes. The way that Undertale... Yeah, the way that Undertale utilizes the fact that it is a program on a computer that you are playing to sort of... to mess with you is so fascinating to me. There were multiple times where I was like, what the fuck? Fuck you, game, right? Like, it would... I don't know. I don't even want to spoil it for some people who intend on playing this game, but it's, I thought that it was fantastic. You know, um, it's, it's odd that you'd sort of bring that up <clears throat> just before the show. A, a bunch of people linked me an article that of course was on Polygon. Cause of course it was. And people were, you know, irritated and annoyed by it one way or another. <clears throat> and I didn't really understand why. Uh, I, I thought it was, oh, it's it's Polygon being Polygon, whatever. I read the article, and it was apparently an excerpt from a longer book, about 80 pages, so I guess more of a pamphlet, but a book. And the book was called WTF is Wrong with Video Games. And the this article is apparently the first chapter of it. And, I mean, I actually read that, and a lot of it I agreed with. But the one thing that I disagreed with strongly was the guy's consistent insistence on comparing games to film and not seeming to really understand the difference between interactive and non-interactive media. Right. And what you just mentioned there, the idea that there are so many things that only games are capable of doing, is so very important and so often ignored when it comes to mm-hmm. discussing this medium compared to any other. And there are when, when games nail it, when they truly nail it, it's completely outside the realms of anything that any other medium could possibly accomplish. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen that often, unfortunately. You know, I still point to Brothers A Tale of Two Sons as the game that uh, is, you know, the most impactful game that I've ever played. 
because of how it did something that only a video game could do by marrying controls mechanics and a powerful emotional story climax into one right and i just want to see a lot more of that and i consistently see people talking about video games unable to complete uh, convey a narrative in the same way that a book or a movie can and talking about gameplay as if it's just filler and if it's just if it's pointless i think the one of the quotes in the article was gameplay gets in the way of getting to the art and to me i was think you gameplay can be the art the though. point you're missing yeah you're missing the point it's it's as if people are trying to treat gameplay as spoken dialogue or narrative in a non-interactive medium where in reality mm -hmm. gameplay is how the player speaks and uh, games are not a complete piece of art until the player picks up the controller and plays it like they are an unfinished canvas to a greater or lesser degree that you must be involved in in order to complete the work and every time a different player does that you get a slightly different piece of work at the end of it you get a slightly different canvas that's why games are so great. That's why games are fantastic in comparison to other forms of medium because they can accomplish that. I think people get very precious about storytelling or about what is art. Yes. And there's this whole, like, I, I get into arguments all the time with people who say that listening to an audiobook is not reading the audio, is not reading the book because it's not the intent at which the author originally did it. Like, there's a, it's the, his story is encapsulated in a certain medium for a reason, and that's the only way to experience that that story. And I think games kind of blow that whole idea up because now you, like as you mentioned, are part of the artwork. You're part of the piece. You can't it can't be completed unless you're in it. And also the interactive portion where you're affecting the storyline. And I think that's a I think it's a next step. I think it's a a different kind of of art. It's still art, but it's it's interactive art, and I think that's you know something that we're very acclimated to at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that makes it any less less viable or less valuable. No, certainly not. Yeah, um, Alan Moore, I guess multiple times when he's written graphic novels and they've wanted to turn his graphic novels into movies, he's been like, "I wrote this to be a comic book." Like, I wrote this to be a graphic novel. I don't want you to turn it into a movie. And that's why he's so hands-off with pretty much every movie that they make of his yeah. stuff. Because he's like, look, I don't want my name on it because this isn't what I intended. And I, I think it's interesting when an artist takes that stance of just like, nope. It's his right. This is what it's meant it's, to be. I, Absolutely. I understand it. That. Yeah. But I think it's, you know... It, it's it's yeah it's a hard it's a hard conversation to kind of get into because even now people are are on the chat room are being like no audiobooks are not the same as reading the book because mm. you listen to it and okay you're still you're still absorbing the story you're still being becoming you know part of the story in your own way it's just I don't know it's a, a different method of 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 that 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 situation it is an interesting comparison because I suppose with an audiobook the you are given an impression of the characters based on the narrator's That's literally inflection, what I was gonna say. based yeah. on their accent. There are things there that can help formulate your opinion and your viewpoint of that character, whereas the book would probably give you a different impression of that person. I don't right. think I don't think any is a lesser way of experiencing it than the other. It's just a different way. 
And honestly, we should never, ever be turning around to somebody and saying, oh, if you don't have the time to read this 700-page uh, book, then just don't even bother. It's like, no. they Are they you a experience. garbage human being? Because I think you might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I just don't want to read Game of Thrones. I just want to listen to it in the car. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. You know, I read the first game of, uh, you know, I read the first book in the Song of Ice and Fire series, and then I watched the television show, and I'm interested now in listening to the audiobooks I don't wish to read the rest of them because i mean i just don't gel with how heavy that book can be and how much it jumps around between different points of view which works i think much better in a visual medium and mm. it does get back onto that discussion i know you know uh, Moore is extremely uh, picky about how his work is interpreted rr uh, martin less so obviously because he's allowed mm-hmm. for all of this but there's no doubt that people <laughs> he's, now he's allowed this to happen yes yeah, he is, I, he is I, permitted I like it. I love adaptations of things because I feel yeah. like it, it brings it, it adds to the story. I like, for sure. example, with Game of Thrones, it's it's totally splitting from the primary yes. storyline now. Mm-hmm. So we're getting completely for me. It's like I talk about I, I'm a big baseball fan. And so whenever we get extra innings, it's free baseball. So for Game of Thrones, it's like free Game of Thrones. It's new stuff in that world that you wouldn't have had initially. And and I think that's kind of cool. But and it brings people to the original the original content as well, which I think is also good. Yeah, I don't mind different interpretations. As I said, I do think that that adds, as as you mentioned as well. You know, kind of goes back to what we're talking about earlier with the live action Death Note. Like, why did I watch that? Right. People are like, no, you shouldn't watch that. It'll ruin the anime. No, the the anime. I watched the anime. My memories of the anime stand alone now. They they can't really be ruined. Yeah, I just want to see wrong. a different like, take on it. Oh, I seriously, love... I'm getting I'm getting a well. Actually, it's a Song of Ice and Fire books, not Game of Thrones book. Thank you. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh, uh, Fuck, chat. Fuck, chat. You knew exactly. You know what, what we're talking about. about. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. on, don't be a little right. well. Actually, really. Yeah. Um, don't don't pull yeah, out. We like, will destroy you. Like, <laughs> I I love J dramas and K dramas, uh, and a lot of times they're based off of manga or anime, and and it it's totally that way where you're like, this is a very different interpretation of this exact same story. It's really fun, but it's not it's not like it's affecting how much I love the other one or my experience with the other version of like reading the manga or watching the anime or whatever. That, which brings kind of an interesting point as to how video games can be used to supplement those worlds. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, these non-interactive medium have, have a set story and they're very well crafted. Uh, the narrative is crafted from start to finish to try and deliver something very specific. And almost everything, if well written, has some sort of significance. Video games are not capable of doing that in the vast majority of circumstances because they've given the player freedom. If you wish to take that freedom away, then you might as well not be making a video game in the first place. But the great thing about that is you can use video games to explore the world at large because you were brought into that world through the book or through the movie and you wanted more of it that Mm -hmm. you could experience in your own way. And you could sort of craft your own narrative within that world based within the rules and the framework of the game itself. Even something as simple as uh, the Mad Max game is a good recent example. I read an article that said, whatever you wanted from a Mad Max game, this game is not it. And I read this article Mm -hmm. and I thought, no, your title's ridiculous. And the reason your title is ridiculous is because you have no idea what everybody wants from a Mad Max world because people take different things from the movies 
and from that particular set of law, and they want to experience different things. For those of us on a very simple level, maybe we just want to be in a world where things are called guzzoline, where cars are built out of little pieces, and where we have this guy running around that has a, a religious adoration for motor vehicles and speaks as if they were divinely incarnated. That It's, it's even something that simple. Some other people say, oh, but you missed the point. It's not... Oh, are we lagging? Are we back? Oh, we have a bit of, bit of lag. There we go, there we okay, go. Okay, we're back. Okay. All right, yeah, I had a brief thing. Yes, yeah, just to repeat what I was saying, it maybe all we wanted from a Mad Max game was that. Maybe it didn't matter that we didn't take the deeper meaning or whatever from the movie. As long as we took something from it and we were continued to be interested in that world, I think that in itself is enough. That That is fine. And I think that kind of cross-pollination between different forms of media is healthy. It's great. Yeah. No, that's why, like, the Witcher games, for example, they came on the heels of the book series. And, you know, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but, you know, there was a major thing that happened in the books that unhappened in the in the first game. So, yeah. you know, right there, that's you get, you get a continuation of that world that you may not have initially had. And I think that's really cool. Similar situation with that author, isn't it, where he doesn't really want anything to do with the video games? Yep. If yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, Bunny Hop. And I think the storytelling in those games is so good too, which is kind of a bummer. Maybe he's jelly. It's possible. <laughs> Totes jelly. Soup's jelly. Soup's jelly. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, Undertale is great. pretty good, apparently. Yeah. Undertale. I still okay. need to get around to that. That's my wish list. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, I disagree. For... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I respectfully for... disagree. For the couple of people that asked, just really quick, and then I promise I'll say another game. Um, my first concert was in 1997 when I was 10 years old, and I went to see the Eagles with my dad. All right, cool. Aww. I know. So uh, another game that I tried out was The Flame and the Flood. I was really, ah. really excited to play it after playing the demo at E3. And uh, right now you can only do uh, Endless Mode. Their campaign mode is not available. It's in early access right yeah. now. And it's obvious that it's in early access. There are lots of times where I'm like, oh my God, I'm clicking on this thing and nothing is happening. Or just a few a few ways that you interact with the UI where you're like, they could, they could clean this up. I'm sure they're planning on fixing this. Um, but it's really fun. It's really, really fun. The idea of it, for anybody who doesn't know, the idea of it is that you're this girl and a dog in sort of a, a post-societal wilderness area you're next to a river and you've got a raft that's made out of an old car, I think, or some old oil drums or something weird like that. And you are trying to, in this endless mode at least, you're trying to get as far down the river as you can uh, without dying. The further down the river you get, you have more and more items that you can harvest, like plants and things, and you can make lots of different stuff. Uh, there are different docks you can pull into that will have different kinds of items. Like sometimes there's a church there and you can get bandages. Sometimes it's just an old fishing hut and you can Ooh. find a fishing hook and maybe some wire later and be able to do some fishing, whatnot. Uh, but the, the, the like creatures that attack you get harder really fast. And I think, I think they've already change the difficulty on that. I think before wolves were spawning really, really fast and they already changed it. I still feel like wolves show up almost too early, but I was starting to get more of a hang of it. I played it for a few hours on stream yesterday 
and uh, it's it's really fun. It's really addictive. Um, I half have of it. A question huh? for you before you continue. Yeah, what's up? Does anything happen bad to the dog? Because if so, <laughs> I'm not fucking giving them any money. The dog yeah, always I'm joining lives. you on that one. Even, not okay with if, that. Even if you die a horrible death in the water rapids, the dog remains on the raft. Like, what's up, buddy? Okay. Oh, no, you're dead. And he's <laughs> okay, fine. that dog, I'm fine with then. The dog okay. is always fine. The dog I can die will... a million times. I don't give a shit. If the dog gets hurt, I'm out. Nah, not okay yeah. with it. Yeah. The dog is always fine. Um, you run into like really aggressive wild boar um, at like the I want to say like the three mile mark, and it took me a long time to figure out how to get rid of them. Like oh, he really does very... stay on the raft. Wow. Yeah, Impressive. he literally just chills out on the raft. Like oh god, you died. Welp. <laughs> so during the stream, because I played so many times in a row and I kept dying, people were like, "This dog is the Grim Reaper." He's taking you to your death over and over again. <laughs> he finds girls in the wilderness and then he leads them to their death. Uh, There's a website it's... that uh, like does the dog die or something like that dot com. Like, I any need movie to know you're about to watch or t- I can't remember the exact URL, but it's something like like does the dog die dot com or something. I'm going to yes. find that site. I need it. Amazing. In my life. <laughs> Pretty much. I think we all know the the movie in the last few years. I don't want to spoil it. That I... kind of I think it's why they've made yes. that website. I yeah. put I put that off for a year because of that. I eventually watched it. I don't regret watching it, but that was hard. That was that was, that was awful. Ooh. I cried and cried and cried. Oh, anyway, I can't deal with that. Sorry. Continue with your game game. Uh, just it's just no to problem. clarify, for those who have no idea what this game is, it is a survival game, right? It, it is a survival yeah. game. Sorry, I didn't mention that part. Yeah, it's you are trying to. Uh, gather as much stuff as you can. You're constantly like getting dehydrated and you need sleep. Um, sometimes it downpours, which boned me over and over again. It'll like downpour and it'll make you wet and you're um, more susceptible to like illnesses and stuff. And you have to find somewhere to sleep. So if you're going to like dock after dock and there's no shelter anywhere, you're just hosed. You're like just running around waiting for it to stop raining and just like, no. Uh, so that that is very difficult. Although, pointer, little pointer, found out that uh, from a lovely person in chat, because you can gather water anywhere, but it'll say it's polluted. Like you have to you have to filter it um, or you have to get it from a well. If it's from a well, then it's perfectly fine. If you're in a downpour, you can gather rain in your jar during the downpour and it won't that's be polluted cool. yeah i was like oh god that's great the only reason to be excited about this rain and guys uh, we killed the does the dog die website we oh no does the dog website die yes yes it does it's very rare that we mention a site on this show that doesn't immediately crash during the live stream so uh, <laughs> they're in they're in very good company oops right yeah uh so yeah i definitely if if you are down to play an early access game. An early access survival game, because there's not an enough early of those access out, right? survival game. I know the art style is is really interesting. I really really enjoyed it, but there's plenty that they need to work on and fix. So if you want to wait, I would I would say that's totally fine. But as it is, even it's really fun already, which is a good sign for the final product. Um, what else did I? Put? I like the art oh. style in that game in particular. It looked great. Yeah, a lot of people were like, her face is really wonky. They need to fix that. And I was like, no, no it's part of the style, you it's, dummy. Yeah. 
<laughs> Please make your game look interesting. I I did a video about a week ago that was called Please I will now talk about how games get featured on my channel for 45 minutes. <laughs> which I like to do that. I like to see how many people I can get to click on a video with the most boring title imaginable. It's the kind of game that I like to play. But one of the things that I mentioned, and I went back through the games that I covered over the last few months and the stuff that had caught my eye, a lot of it is like, for the love of God, make your game look interesting. Because yes, when you have 350 games in your review backlog, it matters if your game has a unique aesthetic or looks like you, know, you really put some time into making it look unique such a huge deal i think that's one of the things that i'm finding disappointing about all of the footage we've seen so far from the new ghost in the shell is it looks mm. so generic in a world where i don't know every ghost in the shell even even when it's been very very bland concrete jungle there are moments of bright color in the ghost in the shell franchise and so looking at all of the gameplay i'm like god this just looks like Every other shooter <laughs> makes me sad. Makes me so sad. But yeah, nothing worse uh, than gray corridors and lots mm -hmm. of brown. I thought we got out of the age of brown thanks Gears of War, but apparently not. <laughs> no, we're in the age of gray now. Have you not heard? Ah. It's mm. it's the gray. It's gray time. <laughs> I think we're edging towards the age of noir with a little bit of color. I'm seeing right. a number of games coming out. I was like, we have a noir aesthetic, but there's also red. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was a Schindler's List? This hasn't been Basically, done before. Yes. Yeah. Schindler's List of video yeah. games. It's been in, I don't know Too when. Soon. When will that game ever come out? I wonder. The game that is compared to that, I have no idea. The Schindler's List of video games. God, mm. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Something that no. makes you feel that way. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to eventually find a game. Oh, there will be one, no doubt. Sure. Not quite yet, though. Um, another game that I played that just came out today, I think, is Jotun. The oh, there, there's one with a unique aesthetic. Yes. Or as the internet will correct you, Jotun? Jotun, ah, yes. Jotun. There you Don't go. Don't worry. Well, they scolded me for pronouncing a J. So yeah, I was going to say. That means I'm going to do it on purpose then. Right after this it's podcast, be great. you guys get to be like, ugh. Jotun. Um, yeah, that game is about you're like a badass Viking girl who drowned. And you are trying to impress the gods to get to Valhalla. And it's very fun. The animation is gorgeous in it. Like, just walking around. I'm like, I look awesome. <laughs> Everything looks super cool. Uh, I've only done one boss. Like, the very first big boss that you get to. But, I, man, I'm really enjoying it. Like, I really want to go back and finish that game. It doesn't seem like it's going to be very long, either. Hmm. Give me a bit of Saga it's vibe. Boss fights and reasons. puzzles. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, that game, so fun though. Really, really engaging and fun. Um, you're making me add too many games to my wish list. This has a tendency <laughs> to happen every time we come to the show. I don't show. have time for all these games. I'm it's sorry, actually I'm been sorry. a good week yeah. for us playing. Some weeks we have like, what did you play? I don't know, like something on my phone, I guess. And it's like, well, More we Pokemon need to fill three Shuffle. hours of the show, so. Or Fallout yeah. Shelter. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I stopped. <laughs> I, I gave that up. Yeah. I, did, I, hit, I hit 200 and I stopped. I couldn't. There's I, no I reason. Mean, yeah. There's after, no reason. After about like 50, there's no reason really. The game never develops past that point, which is unfortunate. It hooks you in really nicely early on and the aesthetic's obviously great, but. Yeah. I wanted them to tie it more into like, are they going to plan to tie it more into the actual game? No. Like, nope. I thought there was, there was no. something. I thought you, you could like raise your special skills or somehow. No, that's not, not a thing. Not as far as I'm aware. No. Ah, that'd be so cool. 
that would be fun. I like stuff where you can do a mobile experience and it actually affects your PC or console experience. I think that's yeah. that's, that's an interesting like discussion that. topic. I like, I like that as a discussion topic because oh. there's been a lot of resistance to that, I think. Amongst, Why? I think it's it's probably a divide because between mobile is casual. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's part of it, mm -hmm. I think. And there's there's obviously people like, well, I don't own a smart device, but I think that argument's probably going out of the window by yeah, now. I think most not. people do. But there have been a number, I think, of mobile apps that were made to tie into games that have not been well-received. Mm -hmm. I know Assassin's Creed did it, and it didn't yeah. work properly, so a lot of people were upset about that. There was one for Dying Light that I was actually okay with. Hmm. It was a little... Oh, that's right. I remember you talking you remember about, about that. You remember talking about that, yeah? Where you, yeah. you recruited survivors into a team, and they kind of leveled up, and you sent them on these little missions via mobile device, and they came back, and then they would uh, pack a supply... You could pack a supply drop of stuff that you got in the game, and you could drop it into your game. And I thought that was yeah. neat. I actually think that that sort of stuff is pretty great. I think where people object to it is on a couple of different levels one those games tend to have microtransactions of some sort so they're afraid of monetization and that monetization affecting the design of the main game due to pacing and resource acquisition and i think the other side of it is probably because you know, kind of the same thing they just don't want to have to play a mobile game to get the full experience they want it all well, what if it was package. just something like like boring like crafting like you don't, you don't have to spend any money on microtransactions. You don't have to. It, it's all stuff that you could do in game, but you can just do it sitting on the john. You know, I'll like be you totally don't have fine to with that. just like do crafting or mats or yeah. organizing your bags or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know how fun that is, but it would be a time killer. Yeah, okay I think the key for to me in my mind at least is assuming that you're playing this game when you're not able to play the other game or when you're kind of waiting around for something in the other game, mm -hmm. there can't really be timers in the mobile one. If if the idea is that you're constantly involving them in your franchise and in the world, one of them or both of them have to be consistently playable. Like, Yes, Jesse? Yeah. <laughs> why, is, why is the developer Thought would you brewing. do this? This is a, as a developer, this is a stupid idea. Like, in all honesty, why would you do this? Because you want people to play your game, be involved in your game. And especially if it's like an online game, you're populating the online world. So anything that gives people an excuse to not log in and be there is going against your own game. It might be great for the gamer, but what's great for the gamer isn't necessarily great for your game. Okay, so what if it's it's keeping it's keeping the game in the front of your mind? It's making That's, you say yeah. like, "I'm doing this shit so I can get back into the game later, and everything's all ready for me, and I can just go off on my own. I don't have to sit around buying shit and making mats and and crafting. Well, I, think I can just do it on my phone. You, like, they want you to do that though. They want you to be the guy in town mm -hmm. sitting there crafting, and just like as people run through the town, there are people there. No one like. Yeah, but I think you're, you're referring mostly to, to multiplayer games and persistent MMO worlds here, whereas most of these apps actually are designed for single-player games for the most mm -hmm. part. And I think there's a use there because these apps are actually aimed at the increasingly older core gamer demographic. The, we now have jobs and lives, and we have to go outside and go to work. And we would love to sit there playing games for 12 hours at a time, but we can't. So we play a little when we get home, and while we're at work, maybe on our lunch breaks, like, hey, I can log into my mobile app and do a little thing. So by the time I get back, I've, got, I've made some progress yeah. in the game. 
I don't I like actually that. like success that. Rate, what's the success rate of current existing mobile apps for video games that are single player? That's actually a good question. I, I don't I think... imagine it's very low. I don't low. have an answer to that. I don't think... I don't know but many people are like... But it can't be done. I mean, maybe just someone hasn't done it well yet. Yeah. There's a few different yeah. ways of doing okay. it. I think that the first one that got people annoyed was the Mass Effect 3 app. And I think it was... That wasn't just an app. I'm pretty sure you had to play a game that they charged you money for to get some stuff in the main game. Infiltrator, I think was the name of it. Okay, if they made a goddamn Gwent mobile app, I would play that shit. There you go. Boom. Gwent. That's that's <laughs> a very fair point, actually. That sounds people have great. That too. Like they actually, I think, to be able to yeah, play I think they're doing something very similar. But that'd be awesome. Are are you saying you want that to work with the game? Yeah. I So I agree but then with wouldn't that. that take away the whole point of going around and doing the quests and talk? Like I look, oh, I I, don't, I well, whatever. I could like fucking Sorry, I shut I up. I would do it. I don't care. I hardcore devil advocate on this show. I'm so sorry. I just, <laughs> I will always I, be the bad okay. guy. So I I, I my, my response to that would be, it would obviously sync up with, with like your game. So it would know what cards you have. Right. So mm -hmm. you would want to go into the game and do the quest that would give you more cards and you or wouldn't be able to buy you... cards in the app. So yeah. in the real world, every time you ran into a new person and talked to them, they would be added to your mobile app as a potential character that you could play against. And then you would have your deck of cards and then maybe you could win other stuff off of them in the mobile game, but you wouldn't actually have to be there with them physically. It would kind of like cash the people that you've met who are able to play in Gwent fights. Mm -hmm. So you would still have the incentive to go out into the world and meet new players, but you'd be able to practice the game and build your deck on the mobile experience. I think there's... It really depends on how uh, how it's put together. There's a few different kinds of companion apps. The one that I like to bring up, which weirdly enough stood on its own as a actually enjoyable game, was Evolve Hunters. I knew you were going to say the yeah. Evolve one. Yeah, the Evolve <laughs> yeah. one. The Evolve one is actually a really fun match three battle game that stands on its own completely, uses like some Evolve assets and things like that, but it's actually like nicely put together. It gives you, it, it can level up your characters in the main game. But on its own, the game's actually fun as a standalone activity. And then there are those that are, I suppose, rather gimmicky that are intrinsically linked to these games. They, they're they barely games in and of themselves. They'll just have maybe a small mini game that kind of helps you out. I think the, the Gwent example is an interesting one because I have no doubt that people would actively play Gwent on their tablet if they had the opportunity to do it. So the question then becomes how it's Yeah, it is. How how linked do you want them to be? Because there's a risk right. that if you link it too much, it affects the pacing of the main game itself exactly. for those exactly. that don't want to do that. So there's it's a, it's a clever balance between making it worth playing on a tablet but not screwing up the pacing and the grind and the economy of the main game. That's, I think, where I a lot of people get. I don't know how it would affect the pacing in, in my in my imaginary scenario. How would that affect well, the pacing of the main game? Jesse knows more again, about Witcher than I do, so he can probably. Again, tell you that it's one. one of those things where, as you play, you meet people and you beat them in order to get cards, and then there's quests involved with that. And if you complete the quests, you unlock cards. And so, a lot of these, as you progress through the game. There are a lot of times where early people you meet are super impossible to beat till you go back later. And there's mm -hmm. different things within the game that um, I definitely think having a Gwent game mobile app by itself, fantastic idea. Connected to the game, I imagine there's just too many like, 
oh, well, you know, I've played 128 hours of the game, so I inherently will wreck you, which makes it unfair to people playing the card game who are just like, I just like to play the card game on my Oh, sorry, so you're now suggesting that Gwent would be multiplayer. Yeah, see, I wasn't thinking it would be multiplayer. I was thinking it'd be on any other So you're just going to play Gwent Gwent versus the the actual game? Yeah. But not having to Yeah, because like against characters played in the game, not against... So this goes again. This goes back to some guy in chat was like, "Justly, they already you already paid money for the game. So why do the developers care if you keep playing it?" This goes back to that whole point because uh, they fucking spent all those hours making a game that took a hundred hours to beat. They want you to play their fucking game. So I imagine the scenario: if I made The Witcher three, I would want you to play every nook and cranny of that game that I spent years of my life developing, rather right. than a cheesy app that lets you avoid the years of my life and development of a game that I made. And I think that, uh, you know, that's why those don't exist. Because as a developer, you want people I'm to play your game. With you. I disagree with you. I, I, I don't even know I'm what you're saying. I'm going to disagree with you because I skip cutscenes. And that's exactly the same argument that has been used by people. So, you're not no. respecting the art. Exactly. I'm sorry. Th- this is a game. I choose how I experience it, not you guys that made it, if I want to skip your cutscenes, I'm going to skip your cutscenes. If I'm going to disagree and immediately do the thing the game tells me not to do, that is what I'm going to do. That's that's you as a gamer's choice. Yeah, Jesse is coming at this from the viewpoint of the developer, though. As a developer, you would say, I want you to play this entire game, if possible. If there's a way for me to get you to play this whole game that I've spent so many years of my life making, then yeah. I'm going to do that, right? But you also have to accept that that is not going to happen with everybody. Right. And there's right. no but harm the in allowing people to experience it differently. Some people are just going to watch your game on YouTube. You I mean, give, is that you bad? Give them, you give them your work, and you allow them to experience it differently, but to, as the developer, say, then I'm going to give you something else to like, I want you to experience this way, but however you experience it, great. But then to say, now I'm going to give you this extra thing to let you completely ignore half of what we did. I but think- that's not the ki- in my pretend scenario. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Gwent is not half of Witcher Three, like at all. <laughs> yeah. Right, but it's, if, if it's- so, I really fucked things up. But <laughs> it's, it's, I have not gotten this game at all. But, yeah. but going, but leaving Gwent for a minute and going to any other game. If you were to have like a crafting thing in a game, uh, I think it's it's one of those things where I just imagine as a developer you would want people in your game, not on an app. But Why wouldn't you else want them the in game? your world? Period. You know, no matter where they are, like, wouldn't you want them to have that mind share of yeah, like I mean, thinking about your if, game when then, they can't? If I work in the office, computer? I can't be in the Witcher Three world unless I have an why app. Why hasn't which... it worked? Why hasn't stuff like that ever worked in the past? Because no one... it has. Like, as far as we know, I disagree. We, we just don't. We don't have any figures to prove it. Like, as companion apps are relatively new, and some of them have certainly botched it as a result. But I mean, I think d- the best hearkening back to earlier uh i think the best example right now is fallout shelter like a lot of people still play fallout shelter quite a bit so but it has no tie-in to the actual game no it doesn't i know and that's and that's what i'm saying is like maybe that's one of the keys is that it's a standalone game in the same world that doesn't i don't know but no, and I think the thing that's, is like that's what that's Infiltrated did, know. and it wasn't good. I mean, because it was a standalone game in the same world, but it also affected what was going on in Mass Effect Three. So I'm not uh, maybe Infiltrate was just bad. 
Maybe that was that's it. Maybe what, the concept isn't broken. Evolved did. That's what Evolved did. I had nothing yeah, to do I with it. Yeah, Evolve Hunters was great. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I even linked my Evolve Hunters to the main game, mostly because I stopped playing Evolve because I got sick of it pretty quickly. But I actually played the mobile app for longer than I did Evolve. I, I think it goes back to the mobile market is huge compared to the console slash PC market. And a lot of people who play on mobile games don't play PC and console games. And so creating an app for a game, going back to Gwent, you limit the people who could use the Gwent app. Uh, and I don't know that people want to spend the time and energy to make said app if the people who can actually use it are a limited amount compared to the vast majority of mobile users. It's just economics. Well, like, I mean, that's why you do it the way boring, Evolve Hunters did it. You know, it's still a good, solid game. You don't even have to have heard of Evolve to uh, play that game and say, hey, this is kind of a cool match three battle game. That's totally fine. You're talking about uh, apps that are so tied into the game that they just don't function without owning that game. And That's I mean, I there's obviously like, about. I mean, there's, That's there's what a, I thought the discussion was about. Well, it, it is and it isn't. Was because I wrong? There's, there's more than one way to skin that cat. You know, not all companion apps are the same. The, the, hey. I, th I think the main point is like, why would you make a companion app? Is it actually financially viable? And the and problem I, is I, a lot of... A lot of publishers are saying this is a good way to get people to buy microtransactions. Yes. And and that's and that is what I would say is a horrible companion app. That would be my flip side is like sure. I, I, I will agree with you. On that I, one. I would also agree. I hate that shit. Yeah. I think it's weird that the best companion app would be a free companion app that ties into the game that in some way gets you to think about the game. I think you're all right. That gets you to think about the game outside of actually playing it. I don't know anyone would ever do that. Like a good free companion app that would get you to continue playing seems like something no one would waste their time on, which is sad because that's what games would need in mm. order to make it awesome. I don't know about that. I mean, it, what, what you said sounds an awful lot like the Mass Effect Codex app that they also made because they released two companion apps for Mass Effect 3. The other one was a Codex app that was solely you can read about lore from Mass Effect in this. Yeah, but which that's... I thought was kind of cool. If they had made a, a planet mining minigame for Mass Effect 2, I would have played oh, the shit out of that. That yes. would have been great. Yes, yeah. that's much better than read up on our codex. That's, that's... Hey, yeah. interesting <laughs> point just brought up. Interesting point just brought up there. What if you take the more mundane parts of the main game and you can offload them potentially to a companion app? So that's what I was you... talking about with Gwent. Yeah, <laughs> I think just Jesse <laughs> might disagree with you on the mundanity of Gwent. They're sitting but, on Gwent, sorry. But, uh, you know, Mass Effect Planet Mining is a great example. Do you really want to be sitting there mining planets while you're playing Mass Effect? No, you want to be hearing what the characters have to say. You want to be getting in cool gunfights and seeing the next part of the plot. That, that bit is kind of necessary, but it's also the most dull part of the game. If you offload that to a mobile app so that when you're in a position where you can't play the full game, you can still do that then that's a good thing. Uh, someone just in chat mentioned the Black Flag fleet management oh, app. Is that a thing? Ubisoft. I missed that. Apparently it was a thing. Yeah. I would have I would have used that too. I, I yeah, love that you, game. You can uh, yeah, I think I think that's just a great point brought up. You can offload some of the more mundane sort of mini game tasks of the main game optionally onto a mobile app. That's good, right? That would be fine. I would love to see that in Dragon Age Inquisition for that fucking war table because that would oh be my swell. God, yes. oh, Having God, to go back please. to that war table no over joke. and over again. Oh my God. Uh, but like, yeah, that should have been that should have been something where it, it could have been an app. Um, I don't know the developer reason for, again, 
trying to devil's advocate here. I don't know the developer reason for it, but I'm sure there's a reason why an app didn't exist for that. My artistic and vision! Yeah, I, like that. But, yeah. but yeah, it's one of those things where, oh my god, that would have been perfect because it's like, oh yeah, no, this will take 15 minutes. So you're saying if I want to go back and free up the table again, I have to come back 15 minutes in my questing? Like, fuck you for that. Yeah. That's horrible game design, <laughs> but whatever. Another thing people are bringing up is, well, if there's boring bits in the game, why are they putting them in the game in the first place? It's if a they fair have to point. offload them to Very <laughs> true. Because so, but as we can see, but clearly we all have differences of opinions about what, what was exactly boring to us like. versus yes. what wasn't. So yeah, it goes it goes yeah. back to Gwen, it goes back to Undertale. Like everyone has a different opinion of things. And so I might think crafting in a game is boring as shit, but I know a lot of Some people, people like it. that's love what it. they do in games. Like that's yeah. their right. shit. So right. they I mean, it could be one of those things where they like crafting in the game world. Or maybe they would love that app. They would fucking dig that app. And so it's, yeah, I guess it's one of those things where a developer is like, rather than please everyone, just fucking make a game. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't the, know. I don't know. They're talking about the iFruit app from um, from GTA. Yeah, from GTA, where you could you could take care of the dog. You could walk the dog and do stuff with the dog and teach the dog tricks in the app. I did that. That was fun. Maybe I'm alone on that. No, I think nope, I it was cool. That was like a really badass Tamagotchi, like virtual. Yeah. yeah. Clean and, and his it, poop. And it's I great. think that's, I think an additional thing is better than making it something already like a core feature of the game. Have it like, you know, it's that. You're taking care of the little dog. Or it's a uh, Fallout shelter where it's not part of the game, but it's a hype tool for the game. Like something to get you, it's on your mind, it's exciting, and people want to are like, oh shit, I, I'm reminded daily, like, Fallout fucking 4 is coming, like, holy shit. Like, this well, is the coolest. that's the greatest success of Shelter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, w I really want to feel like I can, I, I will find my Fallout Shelter in-game at some point, and, like, all my little characters that are named after things, and my, like, 50 pregnant ladies that can't have any more babies because there's 200 people in the vault, like... All skeletons. All horrible. They're all dead. All dead. Yeah. All dead. All dead. Like, two months now, so I guess that's, all dead. that makes sense. I guess they probably just put it in as Vault 666 because 90% of people named their vault that, so... I was going to say, yeah, mine was definitely 696. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> mine was 777 because they were lucky. If they had you as an overseer, no, they weren't. That's too much. They were super lucky. That I can guarantee. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. When we come back, as we'll wrap up the games we've been playing this week and move on to the limited amount of news that we have, which I think is mostly... Uh, forlorn complaining about the lack of a Vita successor. But we'll <laughs> get onto that after the break. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Xplit, please don't crash this time. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast for the final hour or so of the show as my computer breaks. You know, I should have rebooted this. I haven't rebooted the machine in a month. That's probably why things are going mm. wrong. Oh, yeah. That That'll do it. <clears throat> I would think that might have something to do with it, yes. So. I do that a lot, where I'm like, what's wrong with my computer? Oh, it's been Oh, that was me earlier when my camera ever. wasn't working. And I was yeah. like, why, why is my, my, I use this webcam every day now. It's just not even acting like it's a thing. And so I turned it on and off again, and it worked. Mm -hmm. The whole thing, the whole system, on and off again. <laughs> it doesn't have a button for that, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully nothing else will break towards the end of the show. Play for that. Oh, live production, God. All right, anyway. Can I talk a little bit about some of the stuff I've been playing? Yeah. Yes. Are you going to talk about Pulsar? Have you played that yet? No, I haven't touched it. So I'm not okay. going to talk about Pulsar. I... No. <laughs> but you're what probably... if, what, you, what you want to talk about playing? Pulsar, don't what you? What have you 
been playing TV. You don't need to talk about Pulsar. You can talk about your games. Okay. All right. Okay, then. Look, I can go last. I have the best game ever to talk about, so... Have only time. two of us gone? Have me and Dodger been the only ones who Yeah, we're the only Quite two. Quite literally, yeah. So we managed to fill right, two hours with just that. We won't and even other hit random views, things. man. We yeah. won't even hit it. It's just all going to be gam talk. We thought Crendor derails were bad. We found a new <laughs> level today. Good lord. We did it! We did it, Reddit! We did it, Reddit! Anyway. Impressive. Woo! So I played a bit of Heroes of Might Magic 7, which I think come, has come out today, or two days ago, if you're watching the VOD for this which is the latest in the series of Ubisoft sort of RPG slash strategy games where you run around collecting stuff and fighting creatures and building up your castle and all that sort of thing. Series has run for a long goddamn time, has had seven main games, numerous spin-offs, which is weird because the series is actually a spin-off, which got more popular than the main series. The original series was called Might and Magic, which is a first-person RPG, Heroes of Might and Magic was the spin-off and then kind of became the main series, which was a bit odd. But yeah, I played some of that. Uh, it's... Mm, ah, mm. You know, I really like that series. And uh -huh. let me just put it this way. I have yet to find something within Home 7 that has made me think, wow, this was worthy of a sequel. In fact, I... too bad. Yes, uh, they freely admitted that they weren't going to have any major innovations in this version. So I, I guess I suppose you can give them points for honesty. But it's really, really, really similar to the last one. And there's so little going on with it that I'm interested in. And it seems like everything's kind of been downgraded. It feels like it's a budget sequel. Like they reuse the music from the last game, for instance. Mm. It's not even just an interpretation of it. It's literally the same track. It's like, oh, and there's a lot of terrain reused as well, and they haven't really improved the aesthetic all that much. And the nice thing about the last one is they got really creative and weird with their creature design. That series has always been very traditional, I think, in terms of, all right, you get goblins and elf archers and dragons and all that sort of thing. The last one did a few interesting things. Like, it had a, a faction that was a sort of elemental faction that was influenced very much by Japanese mythology. So you had these sort of sea serpent things that wielded like four katanas or whatever in four different arms. And Were they Naga? I, I believe they were Naga sort of, but they were sort of Asian-themed Naga. So they're okay. a bit of a spin on that. They had a creature that was literally called the Kappa, which Twitch chat found very amusing. But... It's, they seem like they got a bit creative with the way that things looked. In this game, it, they've toned that down across the board. But there's, yeah, I have yet to encounter a single creature that I found really interesting to look at. You know, it, it all seems very humdrum. It seems very mundane, which is unfortunate. And mm -hmm. the gameplay is identical to all of the previous games, really, which I guess some of the fan base wants. Whenever they've tried to really change things around, a lot of the fan base got pretty vocal. There was uh, the fourth game in the series. They made some major changes to it. They actually let your hero fight in a battle. Whereas before, he was just sitting on the sidelines, kind of like, I can help with a spell every <laughs> once in a right. while. And that's kind of what he did. But they actually made the hero as a unit that could literally die in, the, in that game. And people were like, no, this is terrible. They changed the battle so it was sort of like an isometric grid, hex-based thing. Like, no, 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 we don't want that. So they reverted it. So every time they tried to do something a bit uh, funny with the formula, there's a lot of pushback on it. And I think mm. Home 7 is maybe the result of that. Because it is the safest sequel I've ever seen. 
there's almost gotcha. nothing new with Hom 7 so far anyway. If there is something, I haven't discovered it yet, which is a bit disappointing to me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. A little dull. So it's like people ask, well, should I buy it? Well, I don't know. Do you own the other ones? Because you could probably just play those. I mean, it, it's <laughs> the same, really. So you're not really going yeah, to be missing Yeah, if it's basically much. identical, then there's no point, right? Yeah. It, I mean, I would say it's a, like a roster update, but it isn't even that because it's the same stuff. It's like, oh dear, oh dear. I I don't know where they're going to go with that series. Um, I'm not hugely impressed by it so far, so I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. I'm seeing a lot of people in chat say that Hom 3 is the best. Everyone always what, says that. What's, what's your take, TB? I want to hear. So the, the the kind of hardcore fan base of that, of that series, and there's a lot of people in it, and I'd say I like the series a lot, but I'm not as hardcore as these guys. I think Home 5 with the expansion is better than Home 3. Home 3, everyone's like, it's a classic. You can't improve on it. It's basically perfect. And they even tried to do an HD re-release of it that actually made the game look worse than the original, which is like 15 years old. So mm. people were just like, don't don't mess with it. Don't mess with the formula. For me, Heroes of Might Magic 5 had some interesting ideas. They revamped the way that heroes advanced in level and gained skills they had two different mutually exclusive upgrades for every unit so you could kind of customize your army if you wanted to play a particular way you could get a different kind of unit so i thought that was kind of neat but it was also quite slow and it was a bit buggy and the ui was designed for aliens so that probably had a lot Perfect. to do with it and then home six people were complaining because it was uh connected to ubisoft's online stuff and people are super mm. sensitive about that yeah, and they also cut back on the number of factions and the number of resources and all that sort of thing. It's, I know that series is in a really weird spot, mm. really difficult. It needs to innovate, I think, but simultaneously, every time they try it, they mess it up. So, <laughs> maybe maybe they should just not do another one. Yeah, might not be a bad idea. So yeah, that's mm. that. Can't exactly say that I've been having a huge amount of fun with it. What else have I been playing? Probably not a lot. I'm still playing Puzzlecraft on iPad. Right. Still farming away. Trucking along. Quite literally in that game. <laughs> Quite literally. I go into my fields and I collect my grass, which then spawns grain. And I collect my grain and then there are chickens and I get the chickens and I make sure the foxes don't eat the chickens. And then pigs appear, but there's never enough pigs to link together. So the pigs are always left alone to... I, I don't know what they're doing. They're probably starting some kind of other colony because I'm terrible at running my village or whatever. I still hate that little building that runs ads because I accidentally click on it. When I go to my village, it's got the standard iPad thing of, oh, we've got stuff for you. So tap on all these things. So I start tapping. But then, of course, the building right in the middle, that's the one that plays ads. And I yep. click the top and, like, and I hit it. And I'm, no! no and it, why would you do this? Yeah, that still sounds so ridiculous to me. Okay, People last week were telling me that I'm over overacting when it comes to that building. No, I'm not. I hate that building with a fiery passion. What are <laughs> is the most pointless mobile game you've played where you've spent the most money on microtransactions? Fallout Shelter, actually. Fallout really? Shelter. Fallout yeah. Shelter, yeah. Good twenty, thirty dollars worth of lunch boxes. Any money on Fallout Shelter. The thing is the only I mean, fun thing in that game after a while is opening lunch boxes. So I just bought yeah. lunchboxes. Just buy more lunchboxes. Um, uh, I spent a ton of money on Zookeeper. Zookeeper Battle. Zookeeper. Hmm. Do you guys play, have you played Pocket Planes? 
No. No. It's a goddamn nightmare of a game. <laughs> uh, yes. And you will spend real money to buy fake airplane parts so you can send cardigans across yes. the world. I did play that for a long time. We we had a guild with that. We yeah. were like top 10 at one point and I was just like, what am I doing oh, with God. my life? I know. <laughs> and then I'd they did trains sitting... and all sorts of other things. Oh God. Spending money to send fake goods to yes. like keep your economy going and buy airports. And I'm like, this is not, nothing about this is fun. Why I don't really I know why I'm spending. This? Why, what am I doing with my life? But I played it for like six months and got really good at it. And I had, I also had a pocket planes crew as well. And we did pretty well on the, on the uh, weekly events yeah. and whatnot. Jesus. It's like this game does not really require any skill or real strategy whatsoever. But we hey, I was anyway. good. I was good at it. Okay. I was good. That was very good at it. That was damn good. Give, give me that. <laughs> Let me have that. Uh, no, they said not corgis, cardigans. Car not cardigan. Cor corgis. Not corgis. Not corgis. Don't cardigan? get those two things confused. That they're different things Cardigans here. are definitely not corgis. Potential disaster going on <laughs> yes, there. Yes, that could be a, pro that could be a problem. Uh, no, I wasn't playing as United. I wasn't killing dogs in, in cargo. Yeah. I that got they dark fast sorry put on blast wow yeah yeah that's a thing that happens oh dear yeah i think the only other Everybody thing i've been playing is starcraft actually like, oh yeah mm. trying to pre you trying to prep <sighs> it, that, that is the most stressful game that exists Every there. time I see you post anything about StarCraft, you're just like, what the fuck? Why am I fucking playing I... this fucking game? Every time you're just so angry with yourself. That game, it, it's so hard to get even slightly good at. And I've been playing for five years and I'm terrible at it. Like, Dota is not as stressful as that. And Dota is very stressful. StarCraft yeah. is the most stressful thing that exists. And I was trying, I was desperately trying to do at least reasonably well in it. And I eventually said, fuck it, I'm switching to Protoss. I'm going to play Protoss instead. And you know, the game's a lot more fun now, weirdly enough. I I'm really bad things. at StarCraft. Like, Me real too. bad at StarCraft. I and I keep trying to it, play. Not good at it. Never going to be good at it. Yep. I tried to play against a real human maybe once. And it went <laughs> so badly and ended so quickly that I never tried again. It's murderous. The learning curve for that game is insane. The amount of stuff that you need to be able to not only learn how to do, but do at the right time at the right speed mm. makes StarCraft II competitive 1v1, one of the most stressful and high skill gap games that exists. And I've been trying my best to, to get anywhere close to good at it, and I've never been able to do it. And I think uh, it puts a lot of people off, honestly. A lot of people still love watching esports for it. I love watching esports. I cast it. It's, it's great. But actually playing that game, it's, <laughs> it's hard. Oh man, it's so, so much that you have to remember all the time. Like you get out of a StarCraft game and you feel like you've just like had a workout. Yeah, like you feel <laughs> wrung out, like you're yeah. done. You're mentally and physically taxed. Your fingers are hurting, your wrists are hurting, your mind, it just you have a headache. It's crazy. So, so difficult. Yeah, they did a, they had a, um, there was an article in a magazine that's local to California um, about a, a team of StarCraft players mm -hmm. living in Silicon Valley. I think yep. you probably heard about that. Evil geniuses, probably. Yeah, and they were just that, their routine and their lifestyle was so intense. And yep. I, I knew about it, but like, I didn't, I didn't really realize how crazy it is when you're 
a professional esports player and that's what you do for a living and it's constant training and constant playing and wow yeah that's that was nuts we have a team in south korea five guys that live in a house over there and their training regime is insane and even with that they're still struggling to compete with the other guys in korea who are just the level of how good they are is so insane that even being that good is not good enough yeah right it's nuts absolutely nuts there's one other game I did play, actually, that I would like to mention, and that is Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Oh, I want to play that so bad, but I'm waiting for Sam to come visit me so that we can play it together. Well, I mean, you, you will have to because so it, is a, it is a local co-op game only, so yeah. you have to play with another person. That is one of the best co-op games that I've ever played. Like, hands down. It is really well designed from the ground up as a two-player co-op on-the-couch experience. And the amount of yelling that goes on in that game as a result is pretty great. <laughs> For those that don't know what it is, I'll put a little bit up on screen. You control a awkwardly shaped spaceship. And you have to get through the levels and you have to collect space bunnies, or friends, as they call them. And these friends will unlock the next gate to get to the next level. But in order to get them, you need to find them on the map, which is usually pretty large with a lot of fog of war. And you have to pilot the ship between the two of you oh the, this game would break up my marriage for sure probably just, right like, that's why i have to play with my boyfriend like i have to <laughs> yeah i yeah. played it with my wife and by the end of it she was so sick of my star trek references i think she wanted to punch me it was <laughs> it was getting really bad so the ship is is sort of circular and you can see inside it and you can run around with your little characters inside it and you have to control the different stations on the ship oh, but there's yeah. only two of you and there are four weapon stations, plus a special weapon, plus the engines and the shields. So you have to manage which side you're defending on and which side you're fighting on, and also potentially move. It's really stressful, because you're yelling at the other guy, Go! You gotta get, gotta get this guy! Like, no! You need to go there, because I'm over here now! And it's a really, really, really cool co-op experience. Like, it's awesome aesthetic, really great soundtrack, and the gameplay is sublime. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. It looks, it looks really pretty. Yeah, it does. It's got a really, really nice, colorful, but clean aesthetic behind it. Just, it's, yeah, it's pure co-op. I mean, you know, the only disadvantage, really, is that it doesn't have online play. I think online co-op mm -hmm. on Skype would probably work just fine with this, but unfortunately for those on PC that would want that, well, that's not available. So that's yeah. the kind of thing you got to play on, play with another person in real life. But if you can, you yeah. should, because it's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it yeah. looks really good. Yeah, it is. I can't game with my significant other. We do not do well in cooperative situations, typically. We're cooperative in life. We're not cooperative in gaming. That's exactly how Sam and I are. And for some reason, we really enjoy playing games that make us, like, yell at really each other. Really mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. It's, it's there's, cathartic. There's something it's really cathartic about it. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, if, I'm, if I've been frustrated with you about anything, I get it all out. I get it all <laughs> out by us playing this game where I'm just like, well, you're such an idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> just I was like straight it. up controller throwing playing Portal, I think, one time for Portal <laughs> 2. It was not a good scene. We were in two different parts of the house, and it was like, you could, I would just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like really, really angry. I bad, can't imagine how scene. it would go with us. I'm so bad at puzzle games that I think my wife would just lose her shit within five minutes of us doing that. So we've never yeah. done it, and I think our marriage is healthier for it, you know? There you go. <laughs> I think it's for the best. Yeah, I would say so. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the games that I've been playing this week for the most part. Did you want to talk about Pulsar before we briefly cover the news? 
a dodger. Or did well, Jesse, Jesse have something? Did, we Jesse just ignored Jesse for the last two and a half hours. Yeah. Jesse as a okay, Jesse gets any it. Games. Right. First off, fuck you, TB. This happens every week. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm usually the one every that gets shoved week. to the end. Every week. All right. <laughs> this time... I want to tell you a tale of a game that should be called Rage Simulator 2015, but was a game we talked about last week that I thought was going to be some anime bullshit. Uh, Uncraft World is the name of this lovely gem. <gasps> the one where you're oh, unlocking no. boobies in the background? Yes. Okay. So Crendor and I decided to play this game because we thought it would be hilarious. It's a game where you, it's like a gravity platformer with Minecrafty pixely characters, like uh, voxely characters. And so... It's a game that the assumption was, as you go, like, we, at first we thought it was you chipped away at the level and you unlocked boobs. That's not it at all. It's a gravity platformer. So you have to fly around using the power of science to get over obstacles like laser turrets that, that shoot up and stay solid if you don't get through them fast enough, so you instantly have to die, to saw blades that move around, to crazy, like, learning the, like, flows of fans and shit. And the checkpoints fire rockets into the background that unlock part of the boob picture. And so um, what started as a joke for the first two levels became Crendor and I spending three hours trying to beat this fucking game because it was the worst. <laughs> Literally, Frustration Simulator 2015. It drove us crazy. Just crazy. We could not, for the life of us, beat some of these levels. Where it was like, there's lava all over the walls and the ceiling and everywhere, and you have to fly through it without stopping, but you have a jetpack that runs out of fuel, so you have to use the right amount of jetpack fuel, plus you have to get through it fast enough so the lasers don't cut you off, or you have to restart. Plus, then there are treasure chests that give you money to unlock levels, but the only way you can do the treasure chest is get them, get to another checkpoint, and save. If you get a treasure chest and die before you get to the checkpoint, and then get to the checkpoint, you lose that treasure chest. It's bullshit. The game is bullshit. It is the most frustrating fucking game. And we went in looking for boobs. We went in looking for anime boobs. And what uh -huh. we got was ass. We got <laughs> shit upon. It was so fucking frustrating. I have no words for it. Except oh to watch Fan Friday this Friday because it was hilarious. I can't even begin it. We spent all day yesterday playing this thing. And it was just us screaming at each other. Because it's... Crendor literally at one point is like, I'm done. I give up. And just stop playing. Like, he couldn't. There was a level where you had to, like, go up and under lava as little blocks. Like, the background shoots out at you. So you have to keep moving or dodging. Then there are missiles that you, like, <laughs> let's say you get through the lava thing, and then you pop up and you land. A rocket just hits you for no reason. You have to restart the entire effing thing. You're like, where was the rocket? Where was the rocket? It's so fucking, oh, my God. God, do you know? Game. Yeah, it's I was like, going to say. I it's like love. Newgrounds. It's like old Newgrounds games where it's like, yeah, no, this is a game called Bang the Lady. And it's four and a half hours of you. Like, I just thought there were new tits in this thing. There are no tits. This is like a frustration. Sim it's exactly what it is. It's, it's a frustration simulator. In more ways than one. So, it is mind boggling. This game, it made it. It was one of those things like it made us want to beat it. And we gave zero. By the time we were at like level 20, we did not give a shit about the fact that there were anime chicks in the background. It was like, are you kidding me? Fucking robo buzz sauce. This is bullshit. It had nothing to do. It was the boobs. Great gimmick. The game. 
Like, if you love Rage Quit games, this is the game for you. Your mind will explode. You will literally freak the fuck out of this game. This, I've never in my life YouTube so mad. Oh, complete and total YouTube bait. I've never been so mad at a game in my entire life. And the way it does it, too. Oh, my God. There's so It's perfect for... This is never going to end, is it? <laughs> it's the perfect game for a 13-year-old boy and that it will fuck him over. So there's one part where you're going up. <laughs> So you're using your rocket, and you have, like, infinite rocket power as you're flying up this tunnel. And as you're going up the tunnel, literally in the background, because you've unlocked enough of the picture now, it's like this chick's boobs just coming into frame. And as you fly up, you suddenly get hit with rockets. So if you're not paying attention, it's like, F you. It is the worst. I love it. It's toying with you. I love it. so funny. Oh, my God. We, Crendor, rage quit out the game. It was so funny. I uses your hormones against you. It's the perfect. Yeah. I can't. Oh, God. It, well, yeah, we did it as a goof and end up three, maybe three and a half hours into this game. I thought it was going to take us like 20 minutes to make a quick video. It was all about like, you can't. You've got to be kidding me. We're beating this. We're beating this. Shit. And the more we <laughs> the more we played, the more we were like, oh, F this. We're going to beat this level. And it just kept going until finally we just were like we couldn't do it anymore. Like we had a system where one of us would get the treasure and the other one would complete the level. So it was like, oh, uh, you can't, you can't screw us now, until it could, <laughs> until it did, and we were done. Whoever made that game, hats off, you guys are assholes. Really. You are assholes on the internet. You got my money. <laughs> it's amazing. Yep, that's what I played. F that game. Mm-hmm. Is that video up yet? Uh, it'll be up Friday. Friday. I want to see that. Cool. Does that about wrap us up on games we've been playing? Give or take? We good? Yeah. I'm cool. good. That lasted I'm way good. longer than it usually does. Alright, mm-hmm. okay. Never mind. It's because look, we had we had like state of games talks in between did, every yeah. couple of games. True so. enough, yeah. <laughs> that can happen from time to time. So I guess we have a brief amount of time before releases to talk about the probably the only significant thing that's really been happening this week which is that sony is basically saying that the playstation vita 2 the successor to the playstation vita is not likely to be happening anytime soon it was in a q a at egx 2015 in england and he said that Basically, the future of handheld consoles is very much in doubt because of how strong mobile gaming is. He said the climate is not healthy. There is huge dominance of mobile gaming. So Hmm. we might never see one again. That makes me so sad (sighs) because... What? What, Age before beauty. Age before beauty. Go. I, I much prefer holding the Vita to holding the 3DS. I, yes. Yeah, I think the controls and the handling is so much nicer on the Vita. I just wish there were more games for it. They just they made it really hard for gamers. And yeah. the thing that's so good about mobile gaming is that it's already a device that you have on you at every moment. It's easy to download games. Yes, having the, the joysticks, have, being able to have analog controls is great. And that's what keeps people playing mobile gaming devices like the Vita or like the DS. But, you know, I think Nintendo did a much better job of kind of keeping 
those gamers happy by having a ton of really great, awesome games that you can't play on mobile, you know, really coming out with stuff in, in, in IPs that people adore and kind of keeping those gamers sucked into that ecosystem. I don't think Sony's right. done enough to really keep gamers happy. I mean, they, they have an expensive device with expensive memory, memory that doesn't need to be that expensive. Oh, don't get me started. By yeah. any stretch yeah. of the imagination. So Ludicrous. true. They're, you know, they're not really making new games as much anymore, if, if at all. And it's just, it's, it's kind of depressing. Like, why would people want to continue supporting a device that, when clearly the company has moved on to just, you know, being a console company? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the comment is a misnomer. Like, it's what you're saying about mobile gaming taking over and like, like that's wrong. You killed the Vita. Mm -hmm. Sony killed the Vita, not... It's an easy excuse to gaming. make. It's a real easy yeah. excuse to make, and it's something that people will say, oh, okay, that, make, that makes sense, Yeah, because, I, I mean, but it makes actually, a certain degree of sense. It yeah. does. And in a way, you know, I really think a lot of a lot of people who do use handheld gaming devices will move over to mobile as the game design gets better, and they think of more innovative ways to control games using the touchscreen, et cetera, et cetera. But Sony also is at fault here, 100%. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo has the no same level of problems that, that Sony is having. If you wanted anime bullshit games, you could get it on a Vita. But that's literally all you could get on a Vita. If you wanted to jack off your Vita, you could do that. That was possible. That is that an actual game. game that happened. Yeah. But that's not what people... No one wanted to do that. No one wanted to be like, yeah, no, I'm getting my characters. I'm getting... Like, no one wanted to play that game. So, yeah, no, you killed it with awful games, Sony. So... Well, I mean, you know. it wasn't Sony that released those. I think that's like a chicken and the egg sort of scenario. The reason why there are so many Japanese games that are either visual novels, JRPGs, dungeon crawlers, or the sort of weird Eroge sort of Japanese stuff is because those are the only things that are getting bought at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because the Vita is still doing, is doing better in Japan than it kind of is in other places because mm. handheld gaming is still a big deal in Japan more so than it is in other countries. So those are the games that we still have access to. No one else is making them. Hey, why would you? You're sending your game out to die. I I, I bought uh, the uh, Persona 4 Golden on there, and it was like, this is a Persona 4 Golden machine. What else is there? Hmm. That's uh, the thing, is huh. like, I've spent the most time playing Persona and Binding of Isaac. That's what I've used my Vita for. I know a lot of people who are like, I love my Vita, and they literally only play Spelunky on it, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's a Spelunky machine or a binding machine. Yeah, yeah, very so true. That's that's depressing because it really is an awesome gaming device, but they just they fucked it. Yeah, yeah, they really did. You know, if you look through the the last few games that came out for the Vita, the vast majority of them are Japanese. Most of them are dungeon crawlers or visual novels. You know, there's the occasional little indie game that pops up there, but even indies are starting to avoid the platform because it's not even worth the cost mm -hmm. of porting and making yeah, a proper just go to, version. Go to Steam, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, when people say, hey, it's an Isaac machine, it's like, yeah, I could buy that on Steam or other platforms as well. Or Spelunky is on loads of different platforms. You know, the, the biggest recent release for the Vita is Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which is mm -hmm. a rhythm game. You know, and people are probably buying it on the basis that it's more Persona, and that's probably what they bought the damn machine mm -hmm. for in the first place. And... Persona 5 is probably not coming to Vita. Like, there's almost no chance of that happening. So, I, right. I, mean, I haven't used mine in ages. And every time there's a game that crops up which looks like it might be cool, it's got problems with it, so I end up just not playing it, and yeah, it's just been gathering dust as a result yeah. of that. 
Someone in chat made the good point of if people are, you know, if they love mobile games, they probably weren't the same group that was buying Vitas anyway because they're happy with their their gaming experience on their phones. So very, very I don't point. think there's all the, all that much crossover anyway. Yeah, I would probably agree with that simply because I, there's so much conflation between the people that game on cell phones and actual dedicated handheld devices like oh these are all mobile games like no they're they're not like it's handheld gaming and mobile gaming are two very different things and they hit two very different demographics mm -hmm. that's true yeah definitely i think they take more time away from console gaming or pc gaming probably than than anything else yeah, I mean, especially since the Vita was pushing power. Uh, it's like, this is a console-like experience, they claimed. The DS, yeah. the 3DS in particular, was just given up trying to do that. Yeah, uh, the they, they focus on, on gameplay, you know? Yeah, they and, do, and, and that's fine. Yeah. That has worked for them very well. Yeah, very much so. Throughout the years. Um, yeah, it bumps me out because I was at, I was doing the, the Sony show, I think, when, when the Vita was announced and everyone was very excited. And it was, uh, you know, the, the games were good and there was, you know, interesting ideas about being able to do cross-platform play between the consoles and, and uh, yeah, all that happened. But at the same time, it's just kind of been lackluster. And I'm glad for them that the PS4 is doing so well, but it, it sucks that it seems like handheld gaming is kind of going the way of the dodo. Yeah, I have. To, I think yeah. it's going to depend what Nintendo does next, isn't it? Uh, the, yeah. the 3DS is obviously still a very strong platform, but it's getting on in years. So, do they decide with the NX to do something with that? Is there going to be some sort of hybrid approach? Because if you think about it, what a crazy world it would be if they decided their next machine was just a regular console and they didn't have a successor for the 3DS, and suddenly for maybe the first time in like 30 years. We don't have a dedicated mobile gaming device, like a handheld gaming device. Yeah, that's weird to think about, isn't it? Yeah, it's strange. We grew up with Game Boy and Game Gear for the three minutes the battery lasted, you know, and it just kept, <laughs> kept going from there. It would be really strange to finally come to a time where that was not the case. And will that mean that more people go over to mobile or will just people switch over to console full time if those things go away? Oh, Where do I, the gamers I feel go? like more people, I think mobile's the answer, right? Because if it gets better, uh, I don't necessarily, from, I don't think it's better, but I think it's No, if easier. it gets better, like if it gets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, the, it's, the, the problem's always going to be controls for me. Like, it doesn't matter how powerful a mobile device becomes. If it doesn't have analog controls, it's never going to provide the same experience. Totally. Uh, but I don't think that's an impossible problem to solve by by any means. I mean, there's already... Didn't Razer come out with a with a device that you could plop your your phone into and then you could use a, use the sticks for that? Almost, that was a while yeah, ago. Well, they them. Has something like that. They're yeah. very expensive, yeah, and the problem is support. Like uh, because for those the games that would use analog controls don't necessarily sell that well on mobile platforms. They're not being developed in the first place, so you're getting thoroughly different experiences that are based on the limitations of that platform. So those control methods are a lot simpler. So the genres, like the popular well, genres are changing. Okay, so if Nintendo drops their handheld gaming division and goes, you know, they're they're making they're about to be making mobile games and that's going to do very well for them. If they stop making hardware, what if they just start making peripherals for for smartphones, for devices Possibly. so you can have that that control scheme and not have to worry about buying an entirely separate handheld device from what you're already carrying around with you, which is your phone. It's not a bad idea. I guess you have to carry yeah. a peripheral, though. It would still have to be, like, small. Yeah, it's still a bit awkward. It's, it's also awkward for yeah. those of us that own tablets. Like, there's not really a good solution for that. The, the only one that 
I've played around with that kind of worked was the NVIDIA Shield tablet, where, but they just have a full-size separate controller, which is just Bluetooth at that point. Mm, and mm-hmm. We had a little bit of lag there again, but that that's not a practical sort of you can you can't hold everything in your hand you've got to have the tablet like on a stand or something in order for that to work yeah yeah so you're always going to run into problems there i think they'll figure it out i think there will be some interesting solutions in the next couple of years for that because i don't think mobile mobile gaming's definitely not going anywhere it's just going to keep getting more advanced Hmm. it will be interesting to see how that goes all right, as the stream dropped again, we've had a rough time on connection today. We've been so good the last few months, and everything's going to hell today. Man, full stream yeah. drop and everything. Those that are watching oh, yeah. the VOD, thankfully, you're not going to have to worry too much about that. Anyway, let's move on to the releases, I, I suppose. I, or not. I just, <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. I just want to say, before like we move like on to releases, I think the most interesting part is seeing the way that mobile games are going and the way you were talking about, you know, you like the, the feel of, of moving like uh, up, down, not stuff. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens 10, 15, 20 years from now when I always think back to that scene in uh, Back to the Future 2 when he's in the rest, the, 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 like the, the diner that like and, and it has uh, the game with the gun. I don't remember what it's called. And the little and he's like, yeah, I'm really good at this. And he's like destroying this game. And the little kids are like, you have to use your hands. That's a baby's toy. And I always, I'm like, I can imagine that this need to be like, I have to have these controls. Eventually, based on the way mobile gaming is going, where it's just slide, move, do this, is eventually people are going to look back at like, you had to do like this and press A and B and be like, that shit is so old school. And we're just going to be, be thinking it with our brains. Yeah. Powered. Yeah. I, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. It and is. then I'll get my holodeck. Then I'll get my holodeck and Commander Riker and I are going to go on adventures. There you go. Or we're okay. just going to be all using Google Cardboard or whatever the, the hot VR kit of the future yeah. is. And, you know, we're just going to be living immersed in our game worlds. And we're not going to need controllers at all. Mm-hmm. It's not that far away. I'm an optimist. I think it's going to be fucking killer. I want it. I want, I want, I want it now. A, I want my holodeck. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, would, you rather, would, you, would you want a holodeck or a replicator if you had to choose? I mean, holodeck oh is pretty good, but replicator well, the holodeck, is like... The holodeck needs the replicator to work. Does it? Because it, because it makes those things real, right? But no, I mean, if your brain is being affected, I mean, if you're if you're in some kind of holodeck situation where you're you're seeing and able to move through the world anyway, you were mm-hmm. talking about the holodeck before we lost our connection. Were yes. we? Apparently, yes. look, look, it was very important. Our conversation wandered into the holodeck, and we just agreed that holodecks would be awesome, but that a a replicator would be awesomer. Look, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, things. if you had to choose, if you had to choose, I really, I, I think the replicator is the killer technology for me. I mean, I love, I love holodeck and I would love to be able to experience, you know, any time or place in, in holodeck form. I'm not knocking on that. I'm just saying, I really would just like to ask my, my replicator for hot pizza whenever I want yeah. it. Or here's how, here's how a replicator, a replicator would be useful if it could replicate food, but have the nutritional value of some better food. Yes. That would change yes. the size. So you could get that pizza, but if you eat like a bowl of broccoli. Like a kale like salad. Right? Yeah, like that's the shit. 
that would impress me. Until then, I want to go on my sexy adventures with Commander Riker on the holodeck. <laughs> I don't care. It would have to oh fair enough. That's, that's interesting. Because it would almost have to be combining those technologies because could they actually yeah. make something that you'd have to fool your brain into thinking you were eating pizza? Right? Look, if they could do it in the Matrix, they, they could, if they could do it in the Matrix, they can do uh -huh. it in reality. Mm -hmm. Anything's possible. Hmm. Mm. He knows it's not a steak, but his brain sensors tell him it is, and he don't care. <laughs> I'd be with I'd be with Cipher. I'd be with him on that. Cipher and I, we screw screw Get humanity. Down. I want to be I want to be the leader of the robots. Sign me up. You want to be in in okay? Yeah, gotcha. No, Jack I'm me down. back up into the Matrix. I'm okay with that reality. I'm good with. I'll it. eat my cyber pizza. Yeah, man, that's better than mush. And being hunted down by killer robots. You know, I, I'll I take make it. And I'm literally drinking Soylent right now for lunch, so fuck my life. What have I become? <laughs> Is it Soylent Green? No, no, it's the actual Soylent drink. Made of people? It's oh. not made of people, it's, it's vegan. It's made of people, yeah. But they can keep, to, I, I prefer to tell people that it's vegan. I, I, I want to love... try it, like a meal replacement thing for when you have busy days. I would love that the number one vegan Ugh. product called Soylent was in fact made of people. Yeah, I'm not vegan. Yeah, greatest... it's just to be vegan. It's a great yeah. vegan product. Like it's really good. It's really healthy for you. Made of people. All, <laughs> the, people, all the people we made, they were all vegan, so that counts, right? Yeah, yeah they were mm -hmm. vegan people, so they're. I mean, it's you know. Totally. Yeah. All right, let's move on to releases, uh, shall we? So we can wrap up the show in reasonable is the, time. Is the stream fixed? Are we done? Uh, it's kind. It's all sorts of screwed. There's not much that I can really do about it. Watch the VOD, basically. I'll fix Watch it in post. Or right, try to. Guys, September 29th, aka today, the day we are filming this, NBA 2K16, uh, which I don't think needs... I don't think that needs much explanation, no. really, does it? Um, next up is Mighty Gunvolt. Do we know Mighty what that gun is? Mighty hmm. Gunvolt, wasn't that? Oh, so that's, that's a different Gunvolt, because there's Azure Striker Gunvolt, which is something entirely different, apparently, from Mighty Gunvolt. Oh, it's it's a demake. I see. So it's an 8-bit interpretation of something which was interpreting an 8-bit game in the first place. So they've done this a couple of times. I think, uh, you remember that terrible jetpack game, Dark Void, that was a few mm -hmm. years ago? The only redeeming factor was the soundtrack by the mm -hmm. fellow that did Battlestar Galactica. Well, they did a demake of that called Dark Void Zero, which was 8-bit sort of NES style. Well, it seems like Mighty Gun Vault is that, essentially. Okay. They've made an 8-bit version of what was otherwise a Mega Man-esque platformer in the first place. So that's what Mighty Gun Vault is. Great. Uh, we've got Persona 4, Dancing All Night. Yep, Again, rhythm game. I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. uh, Grand Ages Medieval for PS4. Yep, it's weird that they're bringing that out on PS4. It's mostly a yes. medieval trading game that is on PC that's already been released here. So weird to bring it out on that console, but hey, whatever. Whatever yeah. works. Uh, next up is a game called 80 Days. It's a fucking great game called 80 Days is what that is. That is amazing. If you haven't played that mm. on mobile already, it's coming out to Steam. You should play it on Steam. That is an awesome sort of choose-your-own-adventure style game. It Ooh. is... It's a reinterpretation of Phileas Fogg around the world in 80 days, and it's done right. in a alt with alt history. So there's some very mm. odd steampunk esque stuff going on with it, which is yeah. Really I was going to say it looks very looks a little steampunky. Yep, it's amazing. It's fun. I think it was my favorite mobile game last year. It's absolutely top notch. 
Uh, next up is Samurai Warriors 4-2. I like how they're not even trying anymore. It's just... That's a game that exists. That's a game in the world. They're not even pretending that they just farm out sequels every six months. Yes, it's, it's another Koei Tecmo port to PC in the Warriors series. Yay. Oh, Moving yeah. on to September 30th, we've got Drone or Drone Zero Gravity. Is that all one game? Drone Zero Gravity. It's Drone all one Zero game. Gravity, yes. It is a dark yet strikingly colorful space adventure that will test your patience when you're not fighting off oh, waves of enemies. That's that's not good advertising, by the way. I love having my patience tested. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's, pulling favorite. teeth is one of my favorite activities. It's great. Mm -hmm. When you are not fighting off waves of enemies that will stalk you across the map if you don't deal with them in brackets, a good portion of the game involves dodging crystals and energy beams that... End of description. Perfect. Okay. Great. Uh, <laughs> yep. Next up, we've got Epistory Typing Chronicles. I assume this is a typing game. <laughs> a typing adventure game. Definitely not the best title. It's an early access game that actually I don't think involves typing at all, by the looks of it. Uh, Epistory immerses you in an atmospheric action adventure game where you play a girl riding a giant fox who clears out an insectile corruption of an origami world. Yep. That's actually kind of interesting. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so the world sort of unfolds as you go, kind of like a bastion, I suppose. Cool. But it does not appear to have anything to do with typing at all, I don't think. So I have absolutely... That was an odd, odd naming choice, then. Oh, no, it is kind of a typing game. Control everything with a keyboard in this one-of-a-kind typing game. What? Okay. <laughs> but apparently you, there's combat and puzzles that also involve typing. That's... It's not overly clear, exactly. All right. Huh. Well, well, cool. Well. Try that out, maybe. Uh, next up is Orbit, in all caps. Orbit. It, there's like five games called Orbit. Why would you call your <laughs> yes. game Orbit these That's days? The, I, I looked it up, and I was like, there are multiple games called Orbit, and I don't know. It's a twin-stick space brawler, basically. So kind okay. of... Uh, what the hell did it... What's the game that... Uh, it begins with G Geometry Wars. Kind of Geometry Wars-esque with some sort of uh, gravity-based mechanics by the looks of it. Uh, next up, we've got Armacrog. Oh, I'm a character in that game. Oh! Really? really? Yeah. I did, um, I did the voice acting for a character in that game. So, yay! It's finally yay! coming out! <laughs> That's awesome! <laughs> it's by the creators of Earthworm Jim, if I recall correctly. Yes. That's it looks neat. like uh, uh, Claymation. Yes, it would appear to be. I am, I am, I am the mother. Point and That's or all click. That's I'll say. Yeah, I haven't played it yet though, so. Looks good. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Hmm. Hopefully, hopefully well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next one is the Escapists: The Walking Dead. Yes, I assume that, this is that strange the escapist, but with zombies. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes, it's a crossover between the Escapists, which was a prison break game with zombies. Because, I hated that you know, game. Everything requires zombies. Everyone was like, "The game's so much fun." I was like, "I'm so bored." <laughs> Next, yeah, it takes a while. Next up is Other Age Second Encounter. Ah, oh, here's one for you, Dodger. Other Age Second Encounter is a quirky, bizarre game that incorporates several different aspects of gameplay into one: puzzle, adventure, dating sim, and visual novel. And anime. Fun? And anime nonsense. Oh boy! Oh god! It's like a Venn diagram of my life. Indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, next up we've got Jerry McPartlin. Rebel that is with the a best cause, name for apparently. a game. It 
I'm trying to figure out what this is. It's a murder mystery, by the looks of it. Uh, yeah, it's point and click, based in the 50s. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Next up is Jim Power, The Lost Dimension. Yeah. <laughs> names are so good. I know. Seems to be a retro-inspired platformer, by the looks of it. Hang on a second. Huh. It's not just that. Did this game come out... So, game purchase includes, according to Steam, the PC version, the original Super Nintendo version, an enhanced Super Nintendo version, the original unreleased Sega Genesis version. All right. And, uh, what? So, I assume this was actually out on Super Nintendo, or did they literally port this to Super Nintendo? Is it one of those games? I have never heard of Jim Maybe. Power, I have to admit. That's odd. Mm. Yeah, it was a Super Nintendo game. Jim Power, The Lost Dimension in 3D was released in 1993. Wow. Huh. So yeah, there you go. don't know that yeah. one. Nope, never Just heard of it. Hmm. All right. Okay. Well, next game is called Swords and Crossbones, an epic pirate story. I bet that it's about fun. pirates, guys. I like it's like pirates. a pirate managing sim. Is it? What? Where you are making your like pirate fort, but it looks like either stylistically it could have been a mobile game but it might not be but it's very like minimalist in the way it looks hmm. and you maintain a pirate fleet and that you go fun. on missions and quests that looks neat next game is called expand is that it like it's not got anything else yep. just expand expand a meditative video game in which you explore a circular labyrinth that constantly twists, stretches, and expands around you. Mm. That's not meditative to me. That is uber frustrating. Conk. Yeah. I'm good. All right. Next. Well, next game is called Keen Dreams. Not Commander Keen. Actually, it is Commander Keen. <laughs> okay. Long heralded as the lost episode of classic platformer Commander Keen. Keen Dreams sees Billy Blaze confront his greatest nightmare, the vegetables he didn't eat for dinner. <laughs> okay, then. Alrighty. It's a oh. classic DOS game that's been updated to run on modern systems, so it's old as fuck, basically. Cool. Next up is called Hyperspace Pinball. One I going... wonder if it's pinball! <laughs> wow, probably. Yeah, it's a mixture of a pinball game and a shoot-em-up. You fire the ball to kill aliens, basically. Cool. Uh, next up is Moonstrider. Moonstrider is an action you are like, because of course you it is. Fly about... across from moon to moon. Yep. You fight monsters. Yep. You are shipwrecked astronauts trying to survive the journey back to Earth. Leap between planets with rocket boots, gather powerful items, fight aliens. It's an early access. Alrighty. Moving on to October 1st, we've got Asdad, All-Star Dungeons and Diamonds. Asdad? That is a title. Asdad, A-S-D-A-D, in all caps. Asdad, All-Stars, Dungeons and Diamonds. It does not look oh. as exciting as I'd hoped. It is a competitive arcade-style game where two players face each other in a diamond-collecting race. And there are items and boosts and such. There's there's Shovel Knight's in it. Oh, no. Oh, is oh, Shovel Knight no. an actual character in that game? Looks like it. Cool. That's neat. All right. Next up is Zombie Zoid Zenith. Uh huh. Terrible Triple Z. Z. 
Strip Z. Well, yeah, as a demo, yeah, so you can game. try it out yourself. Uh, adventure, action, and fun. Live this fantastic adventure with the little Arthur and face hordes of undead that spread throughout the town to save his girlfriend. Okay, mm-hmm. then. Yeah, you, you. I guess you hit zombies. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Oh, one of the zombies is your mother-in-law. Huh. No! That explains a lot. It does. <laughs> Next. Next up is called Angels Fall First. Okay, I can't tell if this game looks fucking awesome or is way overhyped. Like, it's first-person shooter, but in battleships and in space. But, like, I can't tell if this is awesome or stupid. This, (laughs) yeah, this game looks ludicrously ambitious. I remember seeing a little bit about it at, at, at a show, and... It's combat, like, on every level. Like, you could be on foot, in a tank, in an aircraft, or in a giant fucking battleship in space that launches mm. other players off with uh, uh, in fighters and all that sort of thing. Mm. Whenever a game has tried to do this, it's generally not being able to do everything properly. Like, it's got a right. commander mode and everything like that. It was, um, it was a mod for Homeworld and for Unreal Tournament, like, ten years ago. So this is their standalone version of that. So maybe they will be able to do it. It reminds me a bit of Natural Selection or something like that, but it seems like it's ludicrously complicated with a lot of different There's, elements. Every screenshot is of something different. Like, you yeah. know, like, oh, it's an FPS game where you see Bonkers. the same, like, gun going. Mm-hmm. No, this is, like, battle cruisers and guys in jets and, like, guys on the ground. I don't know what the hell this is. This is definitely something I'll end up playing just to figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> right. You're intrigued. They got Your me. interest I'll has been piqued. Yeah, super yeah. combined arms sort of thing. All right, next. Next is Star Force 2193. So the first screenshot had Obama in it for some reason. It is an online okay. turn-based strategy game for one to five players. For some reason, there's uh, President Obama right next to an alien that looks like it was drawn in MS Paint. No. You may defend helpless alien civilizations or exploit them for their planet's natural resources and all that sort of thing. The UI looks very basic. I mean, it is an early access game, but the UI is awful it looks really really badly done so hopefully they develop that because it sounds kind of cool next up is called blue kid 2 a classic 2d retro style platformer experience yay wow next up (laughs) is called vicky saves the big dumb world that is is a great title for my favorite name so far that's amazing it is a cynically sorry no, go for it. Uh, they they claim it is a night. cynically charming indie platformer as she fights to rid the planet of intergalactic demon invaders, classic run-and-gun gameplay, minigames, and more. I think the title's the best thing it has going for it. It looks Possibly. very Flash. looks very yeah. like we... Yeah. The, oh, like this is the a new aesthetic is game. hideous. Aw. Yeah. That's too bad. Next up is called Disposable Heroes. Is that... That, that can't be new. Surely I've... Apparently it is. Huh. I'm sure there's been a game called that before. Uh, it looks like know. a sort of arena rogue-like thought sort of thingy. By looks of also it. So apparently a Metallica song. Yes, indeed. Uh, yep, it's it's one of those sort of arena Robotron style rogue light things, I think. Next. Uh next is called 8-bit Fiesta. That's also known as a title that will make me not play your game ever. <laughs> Why? I get so many 8-bit retro-in-style platformers every single week in my inbox yeah. that it's driving me insane. And Fair enough. Just to even call your game that. 
Although it actually kind of This looks... one has a fiesta. Indeed. It's actually it's got a built-in drinking game. This is actually a party game with a bunch of different sort of mini games and challenges. So this is not like actually what I thought it was at all, but that's a good way to put me off that that name there. Next. Next up is Lost Horizon 2. The sequel to Lost Horizon, unsurprisingly. Mm. It's... Well, I think it's point and click, by the looks of it. Yeah, looks like one. Cool. All right. The uh -huh. next game, uh, I think TV should look up a video of this game, because what the many fucks is this game? The next game is called Corwin the Game. Old school 2D platformer. You just, fight against hordes of socialists. Just... <laughs> oh! Just look what? at this video and tell me what the fuck is happening in this game. It is so weird. Um, huh. I don't know what this game is. I, I, <laughs> I'm dumbfounded. I, I can't bring a video because my internet screwed up right now. So, but yes, do do look at that because that is really strange. Wait, what is it? What's it called? Corwin the game. I, I typed that out and nothing came it's up. Spelled with a K. Oh. I don't know how to describe this game to you, but it is undescribable. Apparently, Corwin is a Polish politician. Is that who he is? He, apparently, according to this. You play as warrior for freedom and the fight against hordes of socialists. Yep. All right, then. What is happening? Steam gets progressively models. stupider every week at this point. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's move on then. Next let's, game let's is called that. Heroes of Normandy. Heroes of Normandy, specifically. It is a, it's a digital conversion of a tabletop board game. Slash war I was going to say, I've definitely heard that name before. Yes, yeah. Uh, next up is Meridian Age of Invention. That's a mobile game. Now you can get on Steam. Yay, and huh. so forth. Yes. There you go. <laughs> why is it? Why is it the mobile games always have the worst descriptions on Steam? They don't even tell you a damn thing about how the game plays. I don't know, but it's a consistent problem. Next. Next up is called Lumber Island, that special place. What? It's a psychedelic <laughs> first-person horror adventure, apparently. Oh no! Thank you. Yeah. I, I, no. <laughs> uh, next well, next one. I, it might it's be. Called, uh, the next one is called Rig It or Rigid. Here's the thing. That's I think not even Rig a game. Is, I don't even know why game. it's on. It's a computer animation tool. Next. Yeah. Bye. All right. Uh, Freedom Planet is going to Wii U. Yay. Great game. Awesome game. Um, Very much October, worthwhile. October 2nd, we've got Black and White Bushido. I actually can't find that on Steam. That's probably because they use a... Uh, yes, that's why there's an ambassand instead of that. Uh, Black and White Bushido is an arena fighting game between light and shadow samurai. Battle for control of the light and dark in multiple arenas, hiding from your foes or striking when they least expect it. Yeah, so it's an arena battle game with platforming bits. Cool. Next up is called Pixel Galaxy. Colors and pixels and music. And wow. crazy lights and stuff. That's yeah, pretty shmup. Much shmup with music elements, basically. Next. Alrighty. Polychromatic is a physics-based arcade shooter with a pop of color. Because Lord knows nobody has had color in their just games. Just a pop, before. huh? Just a pop, just, just a little bit, just a bit. Just we don't want too color. much color. Pop. That'd be a little that'd be POC, horrible. a pop of color. Indeed. <laughs> Next, 
Uh, next is called Luna Sky. A high-speed, high-precision platformer. Oh, God. Starring Luna. Yes, it's a platformer. Aesthetically, very interesting, though. By the looks of it. Very neon. Also, a handcrafted jewelry line by Samantha ah. Khan. Inspired by travel, <laughs> it's your and a passion for design. Well, there this you is, go. <laughs> this is obviously the video game version of that. There's no doubt. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Next game is called Hylix. This is the stupidest description. Hylix is a recreational program with light JRPG elements. But what? Wait, what do you mean a recreational program exactly? Like, is it a game or isn't it? Its features include advanced program. graphics, RPG battles, overuse of random text generation, and two hours of content. Okay. Yep. Great. Lovely. All right. Next up is called Neon Cube. With a title like that, it's got to be thrilling. It's a 2D platformer with neon cubes. You are a neon cube. You are saving Neon huh? Cube City. It has a level editor and Steam trading cards. Perfect. Nice. Uh, next. I, I think that's pretty much it, right? Because uh, the fifth is Monday, I think. Yeah. The fifth is uh, Monday, we can do okay. We so can do Monday. Yeah. It's sure. just three more games. Um, right. Inventioneers. Ooh, that sounds steampunky. It sounds yeah. neat. Create your own inventions with tiny little helpers with unique characteristics. There is a dragon in here for some reason. Ah. Oh, this is on the. This is. Is it also? Uh, what? Is this a mobile game or is this a different game from the mobile like game? Uh, I mean, there's no mention of it being a mobile port. It may very well be on mobile as well. It's mm. entirely possible. But yeah, it's it's sort of like Incredible Machine sort of thing. Like you're building your own machines to solve puzzles, which is kind of cool. Yep. Okay. Next up is called Sky Arena. It is awesome. They were at CoxCon. It is basically the game where you play as kind of Star Fox characters in a... Multiplayer Star Fox Battle Royale. It's like you fly the ships and you're fighting against each other. It was a shit ton of fun. It was a ludicrous amount of fun. So I remember saying that. If yeah. you high if praise, you like, yeah. if you like Star Fox, mm -hmm. I would say this is your shit, hands down. It was great. And last but by no means least, caffeine. Caffeine. By the way, please don't look this up. Guess what this game is, Dodger. What do you think a game called Caffeine is about? Uh. I'm going to guess it's like a weird psychotropic game about a person who's slowly losing their mind. Um, Caffeine is a quirky first-person psychological horror adventure game with puzzle uh, elemental puzzles. So, I was close. No. Environmental puzzles. You're very close. Why do people like horror games? I Just will never understand why, that. Why do you guys like horror um, games so much? I, I like watching other people play horror. horror games or being next to people while they play horror games. If I'm playing it, I freeze up. Like, I can't. I can't do it, but I'll watch somebody else play it. Oh, I'll read about them. I'll read the plots. I do that with horror movies, too. I go on Wikipedia and read the plot summary of scary movies. Yeah. And then I feel better. <laughs> All oh, right. We did it. That wraps us up. I think we've actually finally reached the end of the show, despite many problems, derails, and all manner of things. Veronica, thank you for sticking with us through all the bullshit. We certainly appreciate <laughs> it. If people would like to check out your stuff, where would they go? And what have you got coming up over the next couple of weeks? Sure. Every Wednesday, I have a new episode of Dear Veronica on Engadget. That's at Engadget.com slash Dear Dash Veronica. And every week we do the Sword and Laser podcast at SwordandLaser.com. Uh, Sci-fi, fantasy, author interviews, book club. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
very cool. And that's why I'm going to be at Convolution this weekend. If anyone else is going to be, it's you know, over by SFO. It's a big uh, fantasy con. Um, and otherwise coming up, yeah, it's, it's pretty much clear sailing until CES for me. That must be nice. Yeah, for now. Indeed. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to BlizzCon. Maybe I won't. We'll see. That's not work. That's drinking. That's yeah, fun. That's work. fun times. Dodger, where you got coming up on the channel this week? What's going on? Uh, my video for Jotun, literally, Jotun, sorry, Jotun, <laughs> literally Jotun? just went up. How dare so, you? So, I know. If you'd like to watch that, uh, enjoy. Um, we finished off our first crack at Amnesia Memories yesterday. So let me know what you would like us to do for that later. Jesse and I are going to be starting something. We haven't decided on the game yet. Um, Cry and I are trying to get our schedule sorted out for Dandelion. It's a lot of like, I'm trying to do stuff. <laughs> Stuff's trying to happen. So if that sounds like your jam, I play mostly visual novels and dating sims. If you don't know who I am, feel free to check me out. This is my channel. It's under me. And on all the social medias, I'm at Dexbonus, D-E-X-B-O-N-U-S. Jesse, oh, what's on, coming on? I'm on oh, I was sorry. just going to say, I'm on, I'm on Twitch, too, as Veronica Belmont. I don't stream very often. I actually started streaming, and then I broke my wrist, and I couldn't play for, like, oh, nine months. No. That's a decent excuse. So, so I haven't gotten back into it since I got healed up, but maybe maybe if people want to see some games, I'll, I'll do that. Maybe some you guys can watch games, me for beat, beat the Fitcher. Yeah, watch me pass out from fear playing horror games. That's like a great <laughs> That's concept content, for... That. For a Let's Play, yeah. <laughs> that explode on YouTube. Absolutely fantastic. You Jesse, what's going on with the channel this week? Uh, Dodger and I finish up the wonderful game Contradiction. Uh, you can see the Fan Friday of Crendor and I, where we play that crazy-ass Uncraft World game. And then another green light this weekend. Uh, I think Assault Android Cactus is the green light episode. And then Soma, Scary Game Squad's coming back uh, oh, no. Monday with some Soma. So get ready for that. Also, uh, before I say at Jesse Cox on Twitter, and then Shibuzi on Twitch. Shout out to the dude who sent me a shirt that literally just says, fuck Chaucer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fan. So I have a shirt that says, fuck Chaucer now. I will wear that everywhere. I'm going to go to bookstores <laughs> and wear that and be like, what up? That, that is a fair thing, having had to read that. Yes, that is fair. I don't so, blame you. Thank you for that. And uh, that's it for me. Yeah, uh, you can find my channel, Cynical Brit. As usual, there is a recent video of me playing StarCraft, playing Protoss with the new expansion recently on youtube.com slash TotalBiscuit if you wish to see me play. Uh, my wife comes in halfway through and critiques everything I do. And for some reason, you guys like watching that, so there you go. Videos coming up on the channel this week. Uh, whatever I can put up, really. I'm trying to work on Heroes of Might and Magic 7 and all sorts of other games that are vying for my attention. I just put up a video that apparently everybody hated, which is about thematic mechanical abstraction in board games. Evidently, you guys did not like that. So go and find out why at youtube.com slash cynicalbrit. <laughs> Click it a bunch of times. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Outside of that, occasional random streams. Do keep an eye on my Twitter for that. If you so desire, if you do not want to hear about anything political, to not follow my Twitter, as it turns out. That was, yes, let's, the internet. I, I want to not be on the internet today, if you don't mind. If we could do that, that would be great. Thankfully, it's too late. We've been here for hours now. Well, my Time Warner <laughs> internet connection has been repeatedly trying to get me off the internet. So True. it's obviously trying it's to tell me something. It's telling you something, yeah. I would yep. agree. Absolutely. So, yes, that's coming up. Big thanks to everyone for watching the show today and putting up with all of the disconnections and all that sort of thing. Big thanks, of course, to our guest, uh, Veronica Belmont, for coming on the show. Next week, we will be live 
Indeed, from Los Angeles, probably in Jesse Cox's office. I will be over nope, on the West Coast. Not my office. I ain't even. You go in one of these other offices. You ain't okay, we're going to one of the other offices. Apparently, it, we're in his, his general office vicinity. We will be live <laughs> in the same room, which never ends well. <laughs> but we will give Yay. that a shot. Cram at a Dodger's office. Dodger's no, my, office. Mine's smaller. Dodger's mine's office. way smaller than yours. No. That's what make it funny though. Dodger's office chat uh, at Dex bonus tweet at Dex bonus. No. Hashtag Dodger's office. Oh, no. You are That's irresponsible fine. with your following, Jesse. Bye, you everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're going. Goodbye. Thank you for watching. Bye. Good night. So long. Oh, no.